Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. Yeah, Jay was kind of giving me the side eye uh, last week in that opening. We had the best football pick, not the way we've been picking. Well, we got back on track this week, so we can actually have some pride in that opening and, and claim that we have decent picks. Both of us double-digit wins against the spread last week. Very proud of that. We actually have reason to have a football We actually celebrate looking good and making some good picks, and hopefully you all uh, enjoyed the picks and made some uh, some profit off of it as well. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you and for you live on a Saturday night, October the 8th, 2022. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We'll look back on week four in the NFL, and we'll get ready for week five that kicked off Thursday, and we'll continue tomorrow morning with another game in England. Uh, so, Jay, how's it, how's it feel? We're back on track. We can actually take some some pride in that opening uh, this week. Yeah, I didn't I didn't laugh this week because yes. that that I've got what I've got two back to back ten plus win weeks, which means yeah, looking at these picks for me this week, oh man, I'm probably staring at a, at a three and thirteen. But no, stop it. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta you gotta you, you, as soon as you start feeling like you've got it figured out or you're, you're onto something takes you right back down a notch. Yeah, you're right. You said it was it's very humbling uh, what we do, picking yes. every game against the spread, and you're absolutely right about that. So if, if you're going to go 3-13, and 13, what am I going to do? And I, I had 12-3 and three last week to your 11-4, and four, so I'm really just, headed off the cliff. Those are I, Yeah, I, I didn't even realize. I was mostly just focused on our head-to-heads and not paying attention to the fact that we're just like putting up win after win after win. Last week. Right, we we mowed through all the games that we agreed on until we got to Monday night. Uh, but before that, we we nailed them all. Right. And that almost never happens. I our, our prime times haven't been the best this year. No, no, they haven't. Well, we got the Sunday night uh, correct, so we we got that to yeah. hang our hat on. And the Thursday night um, before that, with the the whole tour thing, unfortunately, right, um, which we had both won. Right, we had Cincinnati, uh, both of us in that game. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I knew I, I knew Tua was fucked up, and I knew I didn't know he was right. going to do that. Get you know completely uh, KTFO'd yeah. and do the fencing thing. But now the now the news is, I mean, you're, he's going for second opinions, and there's articles I'm seeing of people saying he should retire. Uh, it, it's not good. I mean, it's never good when you to retire like over that. a bad back and a and a hurt ankle. It, it just <laughs> right. seems so much petty. I, I know. Well, if it's severe enough, I guess if the back is so severe <laughs> that you put up the fencing pose and and keep holding your head, then yeah, that, that's a really bad back. He was flashing uh, gang signs. I, I still think he was flashing <laughs> gang signs. The backbone is connected to the cranium. What? No, um, it was it was never the back. We all know that. I don't know why they 
<laughs> pretending like I, I didn't. I didn't go on about uh, Mike McDaniel and the way he was defending the organization in the process right. uh, initially, but I kind of thought he lost credibility with all of that to me. Like he, he went so hard to, I would never have a team where we would put a player uh, in jeopardy and I would never, he, he was yeah. really out there trying to make it seem like there's no way that this could be anything other than what everybody looking at it saw that it was. That's the the lady does protest too much, and and defend the organization uh, way too much. And I, I know you're happy you got a job, man, but you, you don't have to, to kiss Stephen Ross's ass that hard. It's really, yeah. uh, it's not that bad. It's really you, you can do better than that. Uh, well, I was telling you I, right, I right before, right before we went to the show, uh, right to air. I was telling you right in that minute leading up that, that this was probably the hardest week of hardware so far for me to hand out. So. We, maybe we'll have some diversity. We won't be kumbaya on our awards or, 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 or stealing each other's uh, awards this week. It'll be interesting because it, it was a very diverse week uh, of results. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard to have a lot of surprises and letdowns when we go, you know, 12, 12 and 3. What was that? 12, 3 and 1? <laughs> right. Uh, and 11, 4 and 1? Right, twenty three and seven combined against the spread. Um, yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot of letdowns. There are some. We'll we'll, we'll find yeah. them. Believe me. But. I I was I was talking about how I was trying to get all the way back to five hundred last week, and then we do that, and now we're both over five hundred. Got the exact same record now, thirty three and thirty yeah. on the season. So happy that's, about that. That's amazing. After the start to the season, it is um, for us for us to be. You know, well, technically now one game apart after Thursday night, but don't worry. Thursday night's going to get awards next week. I, I, I've already <laughs> got things to say about that game, but this isn't about last. This isn't about Thursday night. This is about week no. week four. That's right. Um, and the one last bit of uh, info about week four is the locks, where I was able to come through with my Cowboys pick, you and you in that Buffalo game. Ooh boy, uh, I'm sure they you're going to have a lot to say about that. Actually, uh, I don't have anything about really? that game. Really? No, so that'll be a game, and maybe you've got somewhere an award for that game. Um, but that's just, you know, it was hard to pick something that fit into the category for what I looked at when I was actually just handing out the awards this week. It's just, you know, the, we've seen this twice with the Ravens now, where, where they've gotten mm-hmm. up big and can't hold up. Um, and. It shows in the it shows in the metrics. Uh, their defensive metrics are pathetic. Their secondary is really bad. Sorry, really bad. Um, especially once you start factoring in like you know defensive performance against the schedule they've played, not just the ratings. Their, their secondary is right up there, you know, with Arizona and and uh, Detroit. In Seattle, I mean, some of these, like, what we consider to be worst in the league defenses, that Ravens defense is right there with them. So are, are we shocked? I mean, so it's like, where do I put that? Is it a surprise? It's not a surprise anymore. <laughs> right. It's your shoulder shrug of the week. Like, oh, Ravens gave up a big lead. This is yeah. kind of what they do. Uh, weather, weather was a factor in, in several of the games, and that showed up. And, you know, one, I think the Bills just, I don't know, they're really good. <laughs> I mean. They you get them down and you're playing against the right team to come back against. Yeah, they did. So, yeah, we probably will be very uh, divergent on a lot of these uh, awards. Yeah. 
Um, so you know, I'll let you kick it off. What uh, what was the best of the week in the NFL? The best of the week. I'm gonna go a little bit off uh, off what you might expect because you know we talk about all kinds of games, and you know, and after we had to watch uh, Thursday night's game that we just watched, right? Yeah, we, and we, didn't we have had to watch. And we watch, or you see games like that, um, 11 to 9 or whatever it was game <laughs> that Broncos, 11 to 10, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of games. There's, there's, there's good low scoring games, right? I mean, but, but these games that we've been seeing, these really low scoring, just bad football, these are not the Steelers Ravens Sunday night games that we always, uh, you know, talk about so, so fondly where you're just watching two elite defenses play against each other. And just you know, slobber knock each way up, up and down the field, and and just yeah, there's, there's no Ed Reeds and Troy Polamalu's right. out there. So my best of the week is the total opposite of that, a game that featured zero defense, and it was sort of refreshing <laughs> to to have two teams that basically are fun bad put on the show that we got in that Seattle Detroit game. I, I am giving that whole game best of the week. 93 um, points was... scored, uh, you know, Geno Smith and, and Rashad Penny, Jared Goff putting up the numbers he put up. Detroit now the number one scoring offense in football. And Detroit did it without DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, neither one of those teams can stop a nosebleed. But it was, you know what it was? It was fun. And after so many of these terrible games that we've had to sit through this season, especially primetime games, it, it, it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, was it arena football? Yeah. And, and it, was it something? But, but it was fun. And we needed a little bit of fun. And uh, I'm giving it to both of those teams for just putting on one hell of an offensive show. Or we're really bad defense. Either way, you want to break it down, <laughs> you know. Because sometimes you can't have the best without also having the worst at the same time. Uh, yeah. But I'm not giving it to I'm not giving both <laughs> awards to that game because there was another thing I actually have for worst of the week. But um, you know, probably the one of the last times we're going to talk super favorably about Seattle or Detroit. But man, for 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 three hours uh, they they put on a show. You could give worst defense uh, of the week to the yeah. to that game. There, nobody was playing any defense in that game at all. Um, I, that actually does get an award from for me for that game. Not the ah. best of the week, but the the biggest surprise. All overs on the the Seahawks and Lions games yeah. until further notice. Bet the overs because both of those defenses <laughs> I, are terrible. I sent you the screenshot. I made money on that game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I, 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 I had my lineup for DFS that I sent in last week, and then I had an offer where it's like, if you send in another lineup, you get another entry into some other contest next week. And I'm like, okay. And I loaded up, and I had Geno Smith and Rashad Penny and TJ Hawkinson. And I mean, it's just up and down that lineup, just studs, stud, and it's, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I made I made 20 bucks on that, so. Uh, I, I enjoyed that, and if I had not had one out of that one guy out of that whole lineup just put up an absolute goose egg, uh, it, I would have won a lot of money <laughs> on that game <laughs> or on the week oh. because that wasn't just in that game. I just had that many players out of that game who produced. I had Gino and DK and Penny and 
Hawkinson coming back. It was it was fun. No wonder it was the best of the week for you. you made money off of it. I made money. Um, it, it was great. Yeah, it was, yeah, wait until next cause... week when I talk about that Thursday night game <laughs> and my experience oh my God. with that game. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very surprising for me to look up at the scoreboard on the updates and see 40s on the board for both of those yeah. teams. And it's like, wait, what? For for those two? The Seahawks and the Lions? Those are not the yeah. offenses I would have thought would contribute to a, a, you know, a 93 or whatever uh, point yeah. game. Um, so, yeah, take all the overs uh, for both of those teams until further notice because those defenses just can't do anything. Um, yeah, I can send – took a dump on the Seahawks. DK took a dump on the Lions. They just kind of dumped all over each other uh, in the in the Lions house there. And uh, very surprising to me. Um, so that's, that's my surprise, but that's not my best of the week. But my best of the week is a similar theme of the joy of watching uh, fun offenses produce. And in particular, one offense and the offense that I've always thought has the potential to be uh, – the best and the most exciting and the most creative, uh, but they just seem to have these lulls where things don't go the way they're supposed to go or things aren't as creative as it seems like they should be. Well, on Sunday night, we saw the return of the creative genius uh, that is Andy Reid and the, and the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and uh, Eric Bieniemy and everything that's involved when the Chiefs put it all together and uh, decide to go nuclear and create crazy game plans and intricate offenses and, and that weird geometry that Andy Reid likes to employ as they uh, beat up and embarrass the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've always uh, acknowledged that the Bills seem to be of a different mind when they have a, a certain motivation, when they're trying to get some revenge for a, a past loss or something along those lines. Uh, I think the Chiefs are uh, similar. I remember this game reminded me of a Monday night game a few years ago uh, when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were being touted and seen as, oh, here comes the new best offense in the league. Here comes the new kids in town. They're going to challenge the Chiefs and overtake the Chiefs. And this might have been after the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs went up to Baltimore in week two on a Monday night and just housed them, just embarrassed them by running all these different plays and different angles and stuff you've never seen before. This reminded me of that game because Kansas City came out, and I didn't put it together before the game that they were going back to Tampa where they lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers uh, in Tampa Bay because Tampa happened to be hosting uh, the Super Bowl that year. Um, I, I didn't even realize that this was a Pat Mahomes revenge game for losing that Super Bowl. But yeah. once the game started, you you knew it was because just from watching it, just from watching the different things that they were doing, that Pat's doing the, the zigzags and the sidearm throws, and uh, he had a, a straight option play in the red zone. He just kept a, an option run, which showed that Andy Reid was getting weird. Um, they had a wildcat snap to Jarek McKinnon, who then hands off to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for, uh, for the second touchdown of the game. Um, they had a stupid – uh, creative jump pass that Pat Mahomes did uh, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, yeah. from two yards out. That was the highlight of every highlight show that night and the next yeah. morning because it was just like nothing you'd ever seen before. Basically, he's playing basketball out there on the football field. You shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Although, I don't know if you caught on to it in this game, and I don't have an award for this, but there were two balls, and that was one of them. 
And I don't know if this is just an issue with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and his receiving out of the backfield, but he looks like the he looks like he's catching the ball like the ball's attacking him. There was one <laughs> where he was wide open on like a wheel route, and, and and Mahomes threw it out there perfectly for him, and he kind of does this like flailing his arms like yeah thing, and, and just knocks the ball away to the ground. And then on that touchdown, he almost kind of did the same thing. I, I had noticed that. Him. <laughs> I, I, I know that wheel. After he just gagged up on that one wide open wheel route, I'm like, "Well, that was weird." And then on that one in the end zone, it was like, "It, it looks like he's afraid of the football as it's coming towards him." <laughs> I know that uh, wheel route you're talking about because that was a fourth down play yeah. and that was wide open. Um, wide and I thought open. the th- I thought the throw was a little high. Um, I do, I do. In my mind, I can see him kind of going up for it and looking like, "Oh my God, what the hell's going on with this football? <laughs> like, what do I do?" I thought that was because it was a, a high throw, not because he was. Uh, but maybe that is his style of catching. You know what? I think his it style just is kind working. Of like surprised him. I don't know what it was, but uh, it's funny though that you talked about that game because when I had my best of the week, you said that that was your surprise, and your best of the week is my surprise. Is your surprise? Well, there you go. <laughs> so we did. So so no matter how much we try to be different, we're somehow all, all going to be the same. No, my surprise of the week. I wrote right here: Chiefs beat down in Tampa. That tones. The, they set the tone right away with that fumble on the opening kickoff and turned it around for a touchdown, and then it was just game on. Right. You know, and but here I we mean, go. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks tried. Uh, I didn't give them a stupidest this week because I had done it the week before when how, how little they ran four net, and then in the against the Chiefs they ran it three times. Yeah. Well, that's obviously game situation. I I understand that that, that's the way the game is going, but this, I've never seen a team, whether it was with Brady, whether it was with the Pats or with the Bucks, where they just go, uh, maybe Roethlisberger, where it's just, just, let's just throw on every down. (laughs) No matter what, we're we're just going to throw on every down because that's going to give us the best chance. And they put up a lot of points, but it was all just garbage time. But they were, they were literally running behind from from the opening. Yes. From the opening kickoff. They were literally playing from behind the entire that – you, that's a rare situation for, for Tommy uh, to literally be playing from behind from every single moment right. of the game. He When he touched the ball the first time, he was losing. And when he touched the ball for the last time in the game, he was losing. He was losing the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And so when you, it's understandable they had to do right. that. When you receive the opening kickoff and – you receive the next opening kickoff a few seconds after that. <laughs> that's not a good. That's not a. That's good. That's not good. No. Yeah, for me, the the creativity was just. Um, you you saw when they have a, a mindset and when they have uh, you know right. when they're going out to to do something to set a goal to uh, right or wrong or show the world, hey, this is who we are. Don't forget, we're the Chiefs and we can do this. Um, God, that 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 one play. Uh, they had the tight end Noah Gray in motion, and then he stops to yeah. take the snap under center while Pat Mahomes has been shotgun pointing at Travis Kelsey. He's like, hey, man, you're supposed to be over. That's, a, that's the type of shit you draw up, like, on the playground or, you know, at Whitney Young outside. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to stand here and point at Ron and pretend like I'm telling him to go. We're going to direct snap to, 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 to Jamie Slappy, who's going to be running. Past. You know, this is, this is that fun shit that you can draw up, and, you know, this is what you do when you have that kind right. of creativity and that freedom and it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a great thing for, you know, it's entertaining. Uh, 
but it's almost also a little frustrating for me because I think they can do something like that every game. Like I think right. that coaching staff could sit there and draw up stuff like that every single, and they just don't do it. Maybe it's draining. Maybe uh, to be that creative all the time takes you know takes a lot out of you. So they just don't do it. Maybe they're trying to establish the fundamentals so that they can do stuff like this because you can't if you can't do the fundamentals you can't do this stuff. So I, I get that. But I just feel like they could be like this all the time. They, you know, they could do uh, Barnum and Bailey crazy stuff like this every single game if they want to. Uh, who is Jody Fortson? He had a giant man running downfield yeah. and he catches a slant pass for a touchdown. I was like, who the hell is that? I literally have never heard of that guy. Uh, that, that, that's, it was the best, but it was also a little aggravating. Because I'm like, y'all could do this all the time if you wanted to. Well, it's funny because we could take the last five minutes that you spent talking about the Chiefs and then redub you saying Bills, and it would be the same conversation, right? So frustrating, man. You could do this all the time if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, it, we're, they're so similar. I mean, I guess that, yeah. like we talk about the Chiefs, how they just get bored. And, and you know, and, and look at the Bills last week getting down 20 to 3, and then they come out after halftime and don't give up any points and come all the way back and win the game. Just, just crazy. It, it is. They, they, they are very similar teams. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that was my best and your surprise, and your best was my surprise. So what else are we going to agree on? Uh, what was your worst of the week for? Uh, yeah, I hate to pile on your team here, but my worst of the week was that Bears run defense. Yeah. I I don't know if you you caught any highlights or parts of that game, but they gave up 262 yards on the ground. And in between them, just refusing to tackle or contain Saquon Barkley, they allowed Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor to just run bootleg play action or naked bootlegs all over the field on them. It, it was embarrassing how how bad that run defense is. And they let Houston run on them, and they let Green. The, the, the monsters of the midway, these are not. That run D that they have is atrocious. I, I got nothing to say about them. I, I got no comment about the, the Bears right oh. now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're, if you watched any of the highlights of Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor running the exact same play over and over, the quarterbacks in that game combined nine carries for 98 yards and two touchdowns. That's, that's sad. That's, that's just those, sad. Are not, those are not elite running quarterbacks. We, no, but if you're not tackling wheels, the running back. And Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor isn't as mobile as he used to be. But, yeah, they were they were selling out so hard to stop Saquon Barkley that they were just leaving the edges wide open for the quarterbacks. And in the in, in between all that, they couldn't stop Saquon Barkley either. Just the worst. That's just pathetic. I, I, the only thing I got, to, the, I, I got a couple of things to say about the game. Uh, you got to see the <laughs> end of it with the – all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the worst attempt at uh, uh, whatever the, the, the drawbacks like and the laterals. And, oh, that, that, that was all I was thinking. Seeing that was watching was, was yakety sacks. Like that is exactly what you would be playing in the background. Uh, the, any local news broadcast that played that as a joke at the end of their news at the end of their newscast, you had to have had Benny Hill in the background. If you didn't, yeah. you you missed an opportunity because that's that's the only thing. Yeah, you're just bad at your job if you were playing that highlight with that music. But that did produce, that game did produce smartest of the week. 
uh, and it's for me. I I destroyed myself and gave myself dumbest for last week for some of the the picks that I was making. Oh, can sure. I pump myself up and give myself smartest for something smart that I did? Uh, very briefly, my fantasy team. I drafted the Bills defense, but we've talked about that tough schedule they've had. So I've yeah. had occasion to look at it and go, you know. Maybe I don't want to use them this way. Maybe I'll pick up some defense off the waiver wire and use that defense instead of the Bills. So I got to Sunday morning, and I saw the Bills against Lamar Jackson, and I knew it was bad weather, but even still, it's Lamar, and I just got I got this feeling, you know, I don't think I want to do that. Just in case Lamar goes off anyway, even in the rain, let's look over the schedule, see what we got. Oh, you know what? The Giants are playing the Bears who refuse to throw the football. Yeah. yeah, I think I want to pick up the Giants' defense. I, I think that'll be a good idea. Well, the only, there's only a, a nine-point difference between the Bills and the Giants. Three points for the Giant for the Bills, rather, defense, and 12 points for the Giants. But guess what? I won my matchup by less than nine points, by like 8.8 yeah. point, eight points. If I use wow. the Bills instead of the Giants, I lose that matchup by like literally 21 hundredths of a point or – 18 one-hundredths of a point or something like that. Yay me. I made the right call on Sunday morning at the last second and went to 4-0, and and I deserve credit for doing that because I made that decision. Oh. I did that shit. Yeah. So I'm going to pump Give myself up Give yourself the applause. Give yourself the applause. Damn right. I did that. Good, Good on you. That's right. I'm the smartest. <laughs> now, if you don't like it, it's my show, so screw you. That's right. You could have liked that. All right. Well, you sound like Jay Hood now. <laughs> Man, I couldn't stand those some of those Chicago score guys, you know, who's like, hey, call in with your opinion. And then people, I'll tell you why you're wrong. Oh, come on. <laughs> your opinion's wrong. Because I have my own show, so you're wrong. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before right. on those shows. That, that is the worst take um, that you can <laughs> I'm have. I'm right because it's my show. Uh, that's right. So you're right. I'm the, the I'm the smartest, and I'm the worst of the week because I put out the worst take you could possibly put out. You just gave my show, and that's my opinion. Yeah, that's just right. geniusness. So, <laughs> uh, my smartest of the week. I'm, you know what? Can you be the smartest of the week in a losing effort? Ah, uh, sure. Because I'm giving it to the goat coach, and and that and <laughs> that and the Patriots game plan doing exactly what I told them to do. I'm sure they were listening to this show, taking the advice from me uh, here on the show, telling them run to victory or at least run to compete. And man, they, they almost pulled it out. They, they didn't they lose in the blood spread. They, they covered the number. They didn't, we both won that. Well, I, I won that. You, you won had, that. You I had the thought the Packers were smashed. Pack. That was, yeah. Uh, and that game was tight from go. Uh, they were frustrating the hell out of the Packers. They got Aaron Rodgers to throw a rare interception, uh, pick six at home, and took that team to overtime. And uh, just, just, yeah, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, left, right, and center. Didn't matter who the quarterback was, whether it was uh, somebody Zappy or Tom Tupa, <laughs> you know, or. Steve Grogan, it, it didn't matter who the quarterback was in that game. That, but, yeah, they lost the game, but they were smart. I'm giving it to the GOAT coach and that game plan. Tony Eason, it didn't matter who they threw out there. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they made Brian Hoyer dumpling, so they bring mm-hmm. in Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Uh, these 
QB one now, Bailey Zappi, um, and and still covered. So yeah, the, all credit to the to the goat coach for doing that. There's there's no well, I, I say all credit, but really, um, the Packers that I didn't give them the yeah. letdown of the week, but I could have because look, you, you you should destroy those guys. They they should be pick sixing a rookie. The the vaunted Packers defense should be the one doing the pick sixing, yep. not having a rookie pick six uh Karen Rogers at home. That should not be happening. Um and you know, Jack Jones, uh, the rookie with the pick six it was it was gorgeous. It looked pr- very pretty the way he broke on that ball and took it to the house. But just the fact that Aaron Rodgers is doing that is yet another indication of where that offense is now, uh without Devontae Adams. Uh, they, they they weren't doing stuff like that last year or the years before that. They just weren't. Uh, Romeo Dobbs uh, went through every single emotion in that game out there. He fumbled the ball. He caught a touchdown. He should have caught another one, but he dropped it. I mean, there was just uh, everything you could think of out there. But, yeah, the Patriots definitely uglied that game up, which is exactly how you said they would do it. So you, you definitely got that cover, and they, they almost pulled it out with, with Bailey Zappi. Right, I mean, just 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 wild, and you know, through through four games, uh, if you're looking at the, uh, the the PFF grade for that Packers run D, uh, the only teams they're worse, the better than are the Texans and the Browns. That's it. That's, that's not good. Their pass D is top ten. Their pass rush is top ten. If your coverage is that good, at some point you got to start bringing another guy down in the box. Put Adrian Amos down in there. He, he can handle that. I mean, we, we, he can stuff the run. You're going to have to start playing tighter up. box. they got they got to play Saquon Barkley tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, over, over overseas there. It could be the – you know, if you look – they can't. They haven't stopped the run against any team they've played so far this season. We might be looking at an, uh, another potential – uh, 200-yard day on the ground for the for the Giants if that trend keeps up. Yeah. Uh, do we know if that's Jones or Taylor tomorrow, or is that? Uh, oh, for for for, 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 the Giants? for the uh, uh Danny Dimes uh, is uh, going to make it out there with his with his bad ankle. Um, oh, okay. Well, maybe he won't be running so many naked boots. Uh, you would think not, but then again. Uh, is Brian Dable? You, you might have him go. Uh, you, know, <laughs> mini, you might have him go mini project, no matter what. They probably don't have much of a chance if he doesn't. Uh, quite frankly. So. Okay, so that was my smartest. Um, we're kind of jumping around here. Yeah, we always kind of jump around. So I guess um, that would be uh, you could do the stupidest then. Uh, what was my dumbest? Um. You should probably do your dumbest because I can't seem to find mine as well. Oh, worse. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, well worse is not dumbest, but go go ahead and do your – oh, I, I know what my dumbest was now. All right. Um, uh, going back to last Thursday night with Tua. Uh, I gave oh. it the worst the week before because yes. just seeing him stumble off the field and knowing what he was going through and seeing it and then calling it a bad back, a bad ankle, that's just terrible. That, that was the worst because the NFL should know better. They should be – trying to protect these guys as much as they can without pretending like it's something that it's not. So then we get to Thursday night and that's just dumb. You, the, the, the coaching staff, the organization, everybody that saw Tua go through that uh, and get back up uh, and then to send them back out there three days later. 
like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, come on. That, that was just unbelievably stupid. And now you got a guy who's laid up and uh, I don't know if they're going to hold him out an, an extra week or not. The way uh, Mike McDaniel keeps talking about, oh, he's in good spirits and he's, you know, the, the whole McGruber thing after the game was over. Uh-huh. So they, they're pumping him up like he's ready to go back out. They're going to send him out there until he dies on the field is what it looks like. Um, so, yeah, that what we watched Thursday was disgust- – we don't have a disgusting of the week. We don't have nauseating. Um, <laughs> no. So, I, so I'll just give it dumbest of the week because everyone involved should have known better than to do that. Uh, well, let's see. What did I write down here for my stupidest of the week? Dolphins week of lying, hiding, and firing. <laughs> Because once once we had the, the Thursday debacle, right, then it accelerated. And yeah. and and then yeah, what a clown Time show. Time to find a scapegoat. Right. So both of us, I believe, had that as the worst of the week for week three recap, and then we both have it as the stupidest <laughs> thing of the week for the week four. Yeah, but we're not going to have the same the same things in it. No, no, we're not going to have the same. How do you get away from that? You have to give that something. I know it was Thursday night. We've already talked about it twice. But, hey, we're giving out hardware. And there wasn't anybody egregiously just being, like, doing stupid shit on the field or or stupid calls. Even if there were, nothing's more stupid than lying about an injury and uh, sending your concussed quarterback out there to get, you know, ragdoll thrown to the ground on a short week and uh, go a full Donald Parham Jr. out on the field there. That that short week thing that uh, uh, emphasize that again, because that's the the most galling maybe to me about it is you you saw your guy clearly stumbling and holding his head, and not only did you send him out there to, to play the rest of that game, but then you decided that it's too important. You can't let them rest up after that debacle is over. Just send them right back out there three days later to have another car crash and see what happens. And unfortunately that's uh, what happened with that. So that's the thing about is your guy is clearly hurting and he's clearly going to go through a wall and, and say that he's okay and do whatever he can do to get back on the field. So at some point you got to be the, the adults and take over and say, okay, kid, I, I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to be there for your team and you're trying to man up and all this stuff, but uh, we're going to make the call for you because you're not going to ever say I'm hurt and I can't do this and I'm my head's ringing and this, that, and the other. You're obviously never going to make that call. So we're going to make it for you because we can obviously see, just like everyone else, what you're going through, and the Dolphins didn't do it, and that, that organization is they're, – they're, they're moving up the rankings, the uh, the – Browns and the and the yeah. Commanders skins and and the Texans are right there in the in the for worse organizations and the Dolphins are coming up fast on the outside. Yeah, Raiders. <laughs> um, oh, you know, yeah, just in, yeah, no, but nothing. I mean, boy, Deshaun Watson, time is a healer, sir, because <laughs> by the time you come back, you'll just be an also ran in the in the in the blotter and in all this crap going on. Um, with, you know, teams literally trying to get their quarterbacks murdered on the field. So uh, we both did our surprise of the week. That would take you to the letdown. My letdown of the week goes back to the uh, Ravens game, and it's Ah. just Baltimore's awareness or lack thereof. And it's not just the defense. It's also uh, John Harbaugh, who gets all the love and praise from us for being such a, a good coach. But 
I, I thought it was low awareness to go for it, tied uh, 2020 on fourth down uh, at the two-yard line. You, you, you take the lead and you go try to defend, even though you don't have much of a defense. You still take the lead at that point. They went for it. Lamar rolled out and got hurried and, and threw a bad yeah. interception in the end zone. That, that was just a bad play call. That was just a bad decision by, by John Harbaugh to, to go for it. Not, not even a bad play call, whatever the play was. There's a bad call period to go for it when you got the, the, the lead right there. There's a lot of instances where the sort of analytics or metrics say uh, to go for it instead of taking the three, and you always push back, take the damn points. And uh, right. a lot of the times I'm on the them, other side, like, hey. Them up six? No, it was tied. That was, that was just to take the – Oh, okay. So that would have put them up three. Oh, that's right, yeah, right, because the Bills the go down and they get the game-winning field goal. Yeah, this, the, the, the so game's right. tied. Why are no, you giving? Why are you passing up points when the game's tied? Just take the lead. Yes. Um, uh, so no, bad. Uh, right. Bad defensive bad awareness signal, was a part of it as well. That also sends a bad signal to your defense. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't trust suck. And, and correct, and, and, and rightfully so. It, <laughs> just because you're sending the wrong, you're just sending that message to your team doesn't always mean it's the wrong message. Um, you're playing afraid of your defense at that point. You're playing for the touchdown because you know if you give Josh Allen the ball after they charge it all the way back, that it's over. So as far as that game-winning field goal for the Bills goes, um, right. I was able to, to watch the game, so I don't know if you saw or were aware I, I of the... Seeing, I had it on red zone, so it was a lot of back and forth, but I'm seeing a lot of that drive. So you, you saw the circumstance where the Bills get all the way down to scoring position yes. and very, very, very clearly some or most of the Ravens at that point said our best course of action is to let them run in and score so we can get the ball yeah. back and have a chance and the to Bills tie this game. And the Bills were wise to it. Well, no, some of the Ravens were not wise to it and were making tackles and were making oh. uh, <laughs> and, and were stopping the Bills. The Bills weren't stopping themselves. Okay. The, the Ravens were, but and you can tell that there was it was a miscommunication and a mix-up because then a, a couple of sideline cutaways of the defense as they're standing on the sideline watching the Bills kick the field goal to win the damn game. The defense is arguing with each other like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing? Why are you tackling them and giving them a, a chance to run out the clock and kick with no time left?" Like they knew the veterans knew on that yeah. defense. Let, Let them score. score so we can get the ball back to Lamar my, and have a chance. That cost me my uh, lock. Right there, it did. It sure did. That sure blew your your lock because they kicked the field goal to win by three as three point favorites, so it winds up a push, yeah, a and push. that does indeed blow your lock. Yep. Yeah. So bad uh, bad awareness all around was my letdown by the Ravens because they, they well, should know I'll, better. My letdown wasn't a letdown to me. <laughs> Sometimes it can be a letdown to a city and to a fan base. And can any team or any fan base right now feel more let down? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, they got they got their guy. They got small who, hands in there. They who decide that? Well, you know what? Even though we're in this game, and, and Mitch Trubisky is not playing great, he throws a pick. This is the time because Trubisky <laughs> hasn't been doing anything. That 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 depth of target of his with like four yards downfield, he's been terrible. We know he's a seat warmer for for Kenny Pickett. So now here it is. We're gonna bring in Pickett. And the Steelers at halftime, they turned to pick it and then shit the bed. And, and if you 
know your Civil War history, that, that truly was Pickett's charge. <laughs> running running your whole team straight up the middle just to get annihilated. And in the in the process he throws three picks. A couple of them were you know, they're trying to like make the kid feel good, I guess, by saying all oh, the receivers, you know, they kinda of, but no, you still threw three interceptions in a very winnable game and let the Jets, the Jets go down the field and beat you it, it, it no sorry if you talk about a letdown i'm giving it to the to the to the city of pittsburgh oh oh and, and your reward kenny you get to start this week against the bills go get them kid <laughs> so yeah Tomlin pulls the plug uh at halftime i mean he kind of sparked a comeback at that point they were up 20 to 10 uh, at yeah. one point, and then the, the Pittsburgh defense happened, and that was the end of that. Right. Um, three picks yeah, don't the, help. The, the three picks, they, they were not his fault. They really weren't. Well, one um, of them, well, two of them weren't. One of them was Two of them were not. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, it was, it was very odd because uh, it was like we kind of knew that, they, that this was going to happen at some point, that uh, Trubisky was going to not be right. – uh, good enough, and they were going to make the call to uh, to pick it. I just I didn't think it was going to come this early in the season. I really didn't think it was going to be this damn quick um, in week four. Uh, but yeah, Trubisky was not good. He, he wasn't. I, no. I thought he was going to be a lot better. Now, is three and a half games uh, uh, an ample sample size to determine what he could do? I, I don't think it is, but he was not good. There's there's no defending that. So. Uh, as far as making the call at that point, I, I don't think I have a, a, a problem with, with Mike Tomlin doing that. Um, I just don't think the kid is all that. I, Mr. Smallhead, no, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to call him that. So we'll, we'll see what talk about letdown. do. That's a letdown. That was supposed to be that was supposed to be the spark that lit the fire, and, and, and they're going to come back, and they're going to beat the Jets. That's why you make that move, right? You just don't make that move for going, oh, okay, we're done with Trubisky. This is, it's, it's this guy's job now. He put it. He put he's, the ball in the end zone twice. He put him up twenty to ten. Yeah, he's expecting this is like Joe Flacco getting benched, and here's Lamar Jackson, and we're going to go on a run, and they lost to the Jets. Yeah, I I, I put that on the Steelers defense. The, the Steelers D allowed yeah. that to happen. The Steelers let uh, Zach Wilson come back and put up two touchdowns on him and and win the game. That I don't put that on the kid necessarily, but well, it, it, it is a letdown either way. But that's a letdown. <laughs> sure. Uh, get days. Who's struggling? <laughs> um, yeah, you you already kind of referenced that game, but uh, two brand new coaches and two offenses still trying to find their way on on Sunday night. Oh, struggling. The Broncos and the and the and the Raiders. Um, was that the, that wasn't a Sunday night game, but I was uh, I made me think of the Thursday night game no. with the Broncos. But uh, yeah, the Raiders finally break through for for Boy Wonders first yeah. W. But oh my God, it's it was it, it's still a struggle. Uh, Denver's running game now is a disaster just because Javante yeah. Williams is done uh, for the season. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what in the world is going on with the decision making of, of of Nathaniel Hackett, but we'll talk uh, about he, that next week in depth. <laughs> If he made decisions like that in Green Bay, he would have the, the Packers would have never had any success. I don't, no, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Was he play calling? I I don't know if he was play calling. I think that was Lafleur, maybe more, or that was just the yeah. fact that you had Aaron Rodgers. 
And Rodgers maybe just changed a lot of those plays at the line. That would make a lot of sense. He just gets like, okay, new play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, what was disappointing about that game, I mean, I had the Broncos. The Broncos' defense has been elite all season, and then in that game, they just decided to stop playing defense. Yeah. Completely. They had that game under the number late. Raiders are up two. All you got to do is get a stop, and all they just let them go right down the field, score another touchdown. And they give up 32. And they, they've barely given up 32 points combined in all their other games. Um, that one, I could have said that was a letdown. Because uh, that that was a that was bad. I mean, the Broncos yeah, were Ra- oh, ick. Raiders Raiders put two twelve on them on the ground in that game. So yeah, just not Broncos football. And then, and then all these other games we've seen them play, even Thursday night, uh, right. the game against the Niners, the game even the game against Seattle, they didn't score a ton of points on them either. The game against Houston, Broncos defense has been really good. And yeah. then for one for, for one Sunday, they just they, they took took a day off. Yeah, both both those offenses though just right. uh, that uh, that being the first win for for Vegas, right. uh, they had not even looked that decent yeah. uh, leading up to that. No, but that's kind of the point too. Sometimes you run into that team that's just desperate, right? And the Raiders um, played like the more desperate team that, that they did. Uh, so who was struggling for you? Oh boy, this is this has been a history of struggling now. Um, you know, sometimes a team's just got your number. <laughs> and I'm giving this to the Rams because mm. they they are they struggle. They they are struggling when they play the 49ers. They make that struggling. Look, they make that team look really good every time they play them. They almost lost that NFC Championship to them too. Uh, but man, sometimes it, sometimes you just you're world champs. But somebody's just got your number. The, the the Niners are the Toronto Raptors to the seventy two win Bulls. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Damon Stoudemire. Yeah, couldn't beat them. The Bulls Bulls only lost ten games. I think they lost to Toronto twice that season. Yeah, yeah. And the Rams. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad the Niners have looked. You just you get into a matchup against the Niners, and you just it just must be bad matchups with them because. That game wasn't close. Again, it, it's it's bad eyes by Matthew Stafford. He needs eyeglasses. Man. His eyes are struggling <laughs> in that the game. The Jameis surgery. Uh, yeah, he needs something. Like he missed a wide open Tyler Higby in the end zone at one point. He threw that pick six to. Uh, let me get the name correct. Wait, was was Tyler... Higby more wide open than Hamler was at the end of that game Thursday night? <laughs> oh, awesome. man. Uh, I think there were. We're equally uh, completely wide okay. open. But, <laughs> but yeah, T- Tala Noah Hufanga uh, with the pick six yeah, for the uh, 49ers. Uh, and that was a fierce defensive effort, man. They they brought it to the Rams. They brought the physicality, and the Rams could not match it. I was I was, I was very surprised by that. And uh, we both had the Rams in that one. Because like, I think we both know what the Niners are going to bring against the Rams because they always bring it in the regular season. Right. We and we figure so. at some point, yeah. And we figured the Rams should know this at this point uh, and be ready and be ready to match the, the physicality and be ready to match the intensity. And they just, they just weren't. I, yeah, think we just, was, uh, I think we also had some like recency bias going on in our heads after we had just seen the Niners that week before in that 11 to nine game 
looked Oof. terrible offensively. It's like, well, that team's not going to beat the world champs. Not all. They, they won't. <laughs> yeah, that's the Sunday night game I was thinking of, the 11-10 to 10 over the, the Broncos. Yeah. Um, I, and the Broncos are on prime time again next week. They didn't think Russell Wilson would look this bad. They, that, that's, oh, can we flex the only, that? Uh, <laughs> the only justification I can say. They, they didn't think it was going to be this bad, and then neither did the Broncos. Yeah, they got the, they're at the at the Chargers uh, next Monday night. More more Russ. Lucky us. Yay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what else uh, did we not cover about week? Do you have any? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any? Uh, what the fucks? <laughs> oh, I'm sure I do. Um, you know, uh, X Factor uh, Taysom Tebow on that uh, England yeah. game was, uh, was a surprise. Um, he kind of was the difference for uh, New Orleans. Got the uh, touchdown run to, to give them the lead, um, but the, but the refereeing. I'm sorry. That was uh, they were oh. trying to take that. They they were tr- they were trying to give that game. I, that was the to, one to the game Vikings. I. It's the one game I didn't watch because that the, usually Sunday morning is like I know at noon I'm going to be doing a lot of watching football. So I tried to do a lot of stuff with my kids on Sunday morning. Tomorrow obviously it'd be sure. different because the Packers will be on. Um, but. I wasn't watching the game. I was following the game, and just but you're texting me about what the refs were doing in that game, um, trying to give were, that to the Vikings. Two atrocious uh, third down gift calls to uh, keep the drive alive for the Vikings to uh, get back down the field. They uh, get the lead on a field goal, um, but they were three and a half point favorites, so I was able to. Uh, avoid that and get the hook and, and get that pick from you. Will Lutz almost double doinked it to tie the game and send it to OT where yeah. theoretic, theoretically the Vikings could have gotten the touchdown and covered, but that didn't happen. That was a, Those that was some a of weirdest. my favorite covers when you have the overtime touchdown, give you the cover uh, when you, that's what you need, you know, on a, on that three to six point number. Oh, those are great. Makes you want to die. I don't um, think we've had but, one of those yet. Not yet. This season. It's a Not very this long season. season. But uh, yeah, that was just. I'm just raging like at the at the TV because those were some <laughs> some terrible refereeing calls. And I tried not to be oh. that guy, but it was terrible. You were like me in that game, uh, in that Arizona Vegas game. Ah. They just kept giving the 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 Cardinals uh, first downs at the goal line and just making the Raiders play defense over and over and over. Hey, finally you scored a touchdown! What a, oh my God, Kyler Murray, you're the greatest. <laughs> no, you're talking about that that keep scores close option. That's what I felt like I yeah. was watching. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My my uh, my what the fuck is uh, I'm going to the stats. I've been going to the stats on these what the fucks because sometimes it's fun to actually look at the numbers and. Uh, I know you always love your, your, your PFF grades. You know who the yeah. number one rated quarterback offensively in football is right now through four games? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be what the fuck. Is not Jalen Hurts? Uh, no, he's fourth. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a hit. His name starts with, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Geno Smith? 
Oh, God, Geno Smith. <laughs> Number one rating in football. Uh, pa- uh, offensively, and is number two passing grade overall in football right now. So I wanted to compare and contrast because Russell Wilson, right, mm. oh, oh, um, no. <laughs> is 31st. Oh, no. Oh. So th- this sort of Ooh. becomes the, the grass isn't always greener award. <laughs> um <laughs> It has to go to, you know, like, what the heck? Geno Smith is the number one rated quarterback in all of football right now. Through four games. That's not a one-game grade. That's not just that game against Detroit. That's through four games. And Russell Wilson, now this is through five games, but still, right. uh, number 31 in football. Uh, behind the luminaries, Carson Wentz and Brian Hoyer. Jimmy G, Kenny Pickett even with his game was better with the three picks than Russ's. Oh, this is bad. That's what the Broncos the, offense looks like. It looks like a, a last I, yeah, read. I call this a preview of my show next week because I often have a lot of things to say about Denver <laughs> after that Thursday night game. So that that's who I give the award to. Um, as for the... Oof, man. Uh, yeah. Um, man. You, you gave your worst, right? Yeah, it was that Bears run D. I know you want to forget yeah. about that. Yeah, before before you go on, uh, before you go on, I've, I never gave my words. I uh, overlooked oh. that. Oh, I thought you did. Um, I probably sounded like I was bitching about a lot of stuff, and uh, but no, I didn't have a uh, an official worst because um, I have that written down here. But um, JJ Watt of the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Um, tipped the ball that got picked off days after going through atrial fibrillation. Now, mm. on the mm-hmm. on the surface that sounds like wow, what what a guy, what a player. What so grindy, what passionate. He's got more heart than the Panthers or Baker Mayfield, which is who yeah. the the Cardinals beat in that game. Um why why are you playing football? You yeah. your your heart did what now? You had atrial fibrillation well, and you, you know Get your heart rhythm, rhythm electrically shocked back yeah. into rhythm, and, yeah. and and then you're playing a football game a, a few days later. That no, that's not a good thing. I'm sorry that you know, the the macho bullshit said that we're supposed to pump him uh, up and praise him and say that he's a uh, uh, greatest you know of all time and uh, what hard and grindy character and all that. Well, it's, it's kind of like Tua. What? Why are you doing that? Why are you playing a football yeah. game at that point? Go go sit down, man. It's okay. It's okay if you miss a game because your heart went out of rhythm and you had to get it electrically shocked back. It's okay. You can miss some football. It's all right. Um, I'm sure his family had a, has a few thoughts about him going back and playing a football game after going through atrial fibrillation. Um, yeah, that was almost another awful image for the NFL. The, the NFL's uh, worst image of the year is to a uh, throwing up gang signs. And you can't yeah. imagine a worse image than that. But if something happens to JJ Watts heart in that game and he's down on the field and it's, it's his last play or something like that, that would actually be an even worse image for the NFL than to us. So uh, that was my worst of the week. Like we got to get out of that mindset of, we, I got to play. I got to be there for my team. No, you, yeah. you really don't. You can, you can sit down. It's okay. And his tweet that he sent out, he's like, yeah, deal with it pretty much, you know. End of story. Okay, macho man. Okay, yeah. I'm Um, I'm a strong guy. I can do it. Yeah. (laughs) 
but yeah, let's see games we didn't talk about. Uh, even though they didn't, co- even though they they didn't cover the number, we didn't. Neither one of us had them covering the number. I, I still don't. I, I'm still on my eggs. They in in crappy weather with with uh, ball over left and right. Uh, Lawrence getting sacked and fumbling, and the, the wet ball and all the craziness and the slop going on in that game. They hung in there. I'm, you know, moral victory, guys. Good job against probably the best team in the NFC. Yeah, you thought they were going to shock the world. You were texting me on these fucking Jags. Well, they man. were up fourteen to nothing. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, mad at were. myself for not picking them. And then, but you know, and, and, but it kind of went the way I thought it was going to go. Right. I, I mean, I said I, I said I didn't think they were going to cover the number, but I thought that they were going to acquit themselves, and they did. Uh, that they did. They, they couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, no. uh, Trevor well, Lawrence might, had four fumbles lost. That four might have them. been that might have been the worst weather game. It might have been worse than even that Buffalo um, Baltimore game. It was it was bad. It was, it it was, was a lot of yeah. wind and a lot of rain. So in in, nor- in in better conditions, maybe a better game. So it wasn't a great game to watch, but there was still enough there for me to go. Wow! I mean, the Jags with all these turnovers could have easily just gotten their doors blown off, and they didn't. So good for them. Okay. Uh, props to them for that, even though they uh, took the L. Um, right. Which the we Titans, said they would. The, the Titans love doing nothing in the second half of these games. They, they love getting a lead and just barely <laughs> they hanging won. on. It's, they won. They won. Yeah, they that's, barely. That's two weeks in a row now, right? Didn't they do that against the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Yep. Blow all their wad in the first half and then come out in the second half and have right, – we got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. Let's, let's see if we can hold on to the lead. Yeah. Oh, I'm still Colts, convinced though, that Thursday, Thursday night didn't do anything to convince me either. The Colts are not very good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and while they get uh, Darius Leonard back finally to start the year, and he lose him again immediately because he got a concussion. Right. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is now down. At, yeah, they're they're in, they're in trouble. They yeah. found a way Thursday night. They don't, don't get to play how, the Broncos they, every week, unfortunately that, for them. That that this is true. Yeah. Uh, they're they're still in trouble though. Um. Yeah, and if uh, the my Falcon, uh, my Falcons are still fun bad. Did exactly if the what Browns they were can't do. come, if they can't come back on the Atlanta defense, they they're not they yeah. can't come back on anybody. Like yeah, well, Jacoby Brissett had the ball and the chance, and he just threw a pick. He did. He, he had, had Atlanta the opportunity. Loses Cordero Patterson and decides to run the ball all over Cleveland. Cleveland's run D is atrocious too. Uh, yeah. Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. <laughs> Those are household names for you. Gold Tyler, I just picked him up. <laughs> God, you're killing him too. Yeah, blew out uh, Cordero's. I, you can't blow. You can't blame uh, Cordero's uh, knee on me because I never actually used him. I, I had him. I drafted him, but no, I, I'm not blaming. Had not, I had not had a chance to actually activate him yet. But if you saw any um, of that game, Cleveland had no answer for either one of those running backs. Yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes it works that way. You just get ran over and can't do anything about it. Uh, project, um, not project, uh, Herbert. <laughs> I get them confused. Uh, Herbert does, I guess he's just going <laughs> to heal on the fly. And playing I, Houston's I, defense I always helps. Um, there's not much else you can do at this point. If you if you put him back out there and he performs decently, all you can do is say, well, yeah. uh, th- this isn't like the Tua thing to me because clearly they, uh, the Dolphins are putting Tua back out there because they think he's a, a much better option than Teddy Bridgewater. And I think the the Clippers are putting Justin Herbert out there because uh, he can actually still play whoever his backup. I don't even know who his backup is, but um, 
if he couldn't play, they would have to just say, well, we got to go with whoever the backup is. Um, right. But Miami, they know they should go with whoever the backup is, which is Teddy. <laughs> they don't want right. to because it's Teddy. Well, at least at least Teddy is better than a random Allen. Yeah. Teddy, well, he's not, to me, he's not a random Allen. He, he is I, – I think he's just, he's just had injury problems. That's Teddy's problem, right? I, I mean, he – He's he's better than a league average backup, as far as I'm concerned. This goes back to like when we were talking to Cass about him when he was a Viking. Like, what what do you think he is? How good do you yeah. really think he is? Because I never thought he was that good, but, but he's, he's got his followers. Than, I, I, that's for sure. For, a, for backups, he's not a bad backup. I, I think he's a I think he's a chocolate random Allen. I, I, I think oh. he's just a. I, I don't think he was, okay. he's any. I don't think he's any better than the than the random Allens to me. That would mean that would make him a random white. Because <laughs> black guys are usually named white, and white and white guys are usually named black. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bud Black and Frank White wherever they are. That's right. Um, James White just, just goes up and down the list. It, it writes itself. And I don't know if the commanders are covering. Uh, any, any, uh, they're bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, they got that first win against Jacksonville, and boy, the true colors are else. out now. The Washington Washingtons are not good. They can't pass block at all. I don't, you know, however much of that is Carson Wentz being bad, I don't know, but uh, the 40.9 percent of his dropbacks got pressured in that game, yeah, in that loss. Yeah, 40.9% of the time you drop back, yeah. you get pressured. Like, that's uh, I terrible. The number I saw was 14 hurries on 24 dropbacks. So that's even more than half if you go by the hurry stat. Right, right. Yeah, well, either way. whatever. Someone's in his grill use, on every play, I guess. Right. It doesn't matter every, who they're playing. Whatever you want to use, he's not getting any time to yeah. do anything and back this there. Is, this is what's so weird about this season for me is the teams that are bad at certain things are just awful at things. Like there's rock no, bottom. Yeah. It's like there's teams who can run and they're elite. And there's teams that can't stop the run and there's a whole bunch of them. And they seem to play each other every week. <laughs> and then there's the Bears who refuse to throw. Like we're not going to just be bad at throwing. We're well, not you know, going they, to throw at all. They tried Actually, to throw against the Giants. Yeah. You wanted and, and, uh, and, the over under of ten against the Giants, and Fields had twenty two pass attempts. Yeah, and they lost by eight. Yeah, they scored twelve. Ugh. <laughs> well, right. but if you ready, but if but if he tries ten pass attempts, they probably don't even get that many points. No, uh, no, I think that's a I think that's a little bit about every game there. I think you're right. Uh, so we will move on and get ready for week five, and hopefully we can replicate our uh, good picking from last week. We'll see how we make out with that. Uh, but first, here's me to tell you how you can listen to our show and contact us. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed, at IMLDDre, when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. 
Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. I remember asking you last week at this time about uh, your picks and your confidence, and you you didn't think you were going to have too much success coming off of the week yeah. before, and we we both did really good. So how do you feel about this week's picks? I, I don't feel great. <laughs> well, maybe that's the keep saying that. If every time if I can just not feel good about my picks and put up tens and elevens every week, I'm going to feel terrible about my picks every week. Because like it's that to week me. when you look at them and you're like, yeah, I got this, that you have the crappy week. So, yeah, I'm just trying yeah, you're, to you're right. like, work. I'm just trying to work the matchups and, you know, some of them I go with the gut. Some of them I got some numbers, you know, some of them I have to actually look at something or like, oh, what's this one I'm not so sure about. Let me check into something. I'm not as detailed on that as you, but I'm doing a little more. And it seems to be helping me this year. Plus, I think it helps me that I'm seeing games. Mm-hmm. Not you knew just me. yeah, and I've been saying that. Like, I feel like this mm-hmm. year I'll be better on my picks because I'm absorbing more football. Yeah, you you knew you're gonna see things a little better being able to be home and watch some some of the football instead of just looking at right. uh, highlights. Right, and highlights uh, are only going to give you kind of like a a cherry picked version mm-hmm. of the best. You know, well, you can't always. Sometimes you need to see the worst or. Or things that just don't make sense. Sometimes it's not always the scoring play or the big first down that determines things. Yeah, like that Chiefs game. Everyone highlighted that one basketball shot play that Mahomes did. They didn't see all the other ah, things were, he was doing out there. They were, they were all up and down the field on those guys, though. Yeah. All right, yeah you, you've learned some humbling. Uh, maybe that's what I need to learn is how to, how to be humbled better. Uh, so you, do you feel good about your picks this week? Not necessarily, but I don't feel bad. I don't. I don't even know how to explain that. I just. I don't have yeah. a. I don't have a great feeling about it, but I don't feel like. Oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle about them. Like some of them, I feel great, and especially yeah. my lock, and others not so much. So that's we'll where I've been bad. Usually, up. I'm okay on the locks, and you're chasing me. And this year, you've been all right on the locks, and I, I haven't had the best luck. Yep, I got three locks to your one so far, so we'll see how it goes. I, I think this lock is the, the lock of the century this week. So, oh, lock uh, Who knows how that'll century. work out? 
Well, that's interesting because I cannot lock up the Bills this week, or you know, or right. bet or 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 against uh, the Ravens, which I'm not right. you know, not going to worry about that. Yeah. Then you cannot lock up. Who did we have last week? You had the Cowboys. Cowboys. And then and you I cannot anti lock up uh, the uh, the Commander skins, right? Uh, which is a shame because I think that's probably a pretty good bet to go and get them until further notice. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let me look at my picks. Yep. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> uh, tomorrow morning overseas, uh, once again at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it's the Giants and the Packers. First appearance in England for the Packers. Hey, they're both three and one. This is a top NFC uh, team battle and struggle, and two of the top teams in the conference. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they were saying on the, one of these podcasts I listened to, it is the first time ever that the NFL is sending two plus 500 teams to England. Wow. Which is well, that's because they were always they... sending Jacksonville. Well, but all the other games were also, you know, not so hot. <laughs> okay. But most of those games were Jags games, and the Jags those sure. years were bad. Most of those teams were, were Jags games. But I don't think this one they intended for it to to be over three over five hundred either. The These are not two great three and one teams, right? <laughs> I mean, the Packers. I'll say that uh, they have potential, but the Giants. Yes, three and one. That's definitely a surprise. Okay, you were asking about Danny Dimes with his bad ankle. He uh, at the moment appears to be the one that's going to go out there. Uh, he's got a dwindling uh, wide receiver core. They're they're missing guys all the time. Um, for the Packers, uh, Jair Alexander will return from his groin injury, so that's a big deal for them. Um, they're both three and one, but the spread does not necessarily reflect that. Giants are plus seven and a half versus the Packers. I, I am picking against the Packers until they prove they can stop the run. Ooh. They couldn't stop the run against Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, and this week they get Saquon Barkley. Uh, and, and Saquon Barkley is back to being Saquon Barkley. And if you were watching their game plan against the Bears, and I know the, the Bears are terrible against the run too, but Barkley was running through massive holes. And a lot of that was, a lot of those quarterback runs where they were doing the keepers were play action to Barkley, who probably, even if he had not been play action keepers and bootlegs, would have still had wide open holes. So again, the Packers are giving a blueprint. Here is how you go up against us. Ugly up the game, shorten the game. Right, just like I said last week, that's a big number. It's a big number against, you know, we, we talk about an elite running back. Saquon Barkley is that. He could go for a buck 50 easy in this game tomorrow if they don't get too far behind, right? If it just the game script goes completely crazy and – Aaron Rodgers decides to go off, and they're just lighting up the Giants left and right. And yeah, that that's where the running game doesn't help you any, is if the Packers are able to move the ball efficiently and get a lot of points. But they haven't really shown that they can do that either. So I'm I'm taking the points until other you know until I see otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, when you get two defenses coming in that are both giving up five yards a carry. Usually you have a, a big advantage for whichever team can can really take advantage of that on the other side. Well, you look at the Packers and Aaron Jones uh, yeah. and and Dylan, and you go, well, they should really be able to rip it and take advantage on the Giants, and the, and the Packers are averaging five yards a carry. That dwarfs in comparison to the Giants so far this year, number one running team in the league. They're averaging 5.7 yards per carry. So, 
yeah, the Giants might go for two hundo uh, as a team tomorrow. Again. And Saquon might uh, yeah, and Saquon might have 160 of that again. Um, I, I think this would be a squish for the Packers if Green Bay was competent uh, in offense. Okay, that's, that's a little harsh. Uh, they're, they're probably competent, but they're still not right. They're still not what they could be or will be in the future, I don't think. Um, Giants have to run around and dirty this thing up, just like you said. So, yeah, I, I concur with you. Uh, and the pro football focus that from their uh, website, Rogers passer rating under pressure this year, 42.7. Ooh, mm, mm. ugly. Mm, uh, well, I'm <laughs> That's versus uh, a 109.6 rating uh, with a clean pocket. That is quite the contrast. Um, and New York has 38 pressures this year, which is not bad. That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's not the top, but it's up there. So uh, Aaron might be running around a little bit out there, and, and the Giants might have uh, yep. a, a, a better time than many people would think. So I'm going to concur with you and take the points. And weird shit happens in London. Boy, last week proves that for sure. All right, back stateside with the uh, Seahawks and uh, the New Orleans Saints. Seattle coming from out west to go down to New Orleans, uh, two and two Seattle and one and three New Orleans, who will once again throw uh, the red rifle out there at quarterback. Yeah, um, he should get Alvin Kamara back from his rib injury uh, in the running game, but he will not have Michael Thomas once again with his foot injury. Uh, Seahawks are plus five. Geno is plus five at the Saints. Seahawks are a popular pick this week, too, here. I see on Covers.com, they got 65, 65% of the money going their way. Uh, I am not going that way. I'm actually going to take the Saints. I think the Seahawks are due for a lead. No, Geno Smith's number one passer rating, offensive efficiency. You want to give them all of that, that's fine. But the Saints' defense hasn't been great this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the Saints' defense isn't the Lions' defense. It's not historically bad. It's just it's not good, but it's not that bad. I don't think it's going to be as wide open for Geno Smith than for Rashad Penny and for those guys against this team. I, I'm not even that worried about Andy Dalton being back there. I think that actually helps them in the passing game, getting the ball to Kamara, who's the person. And, and again, Seattle's run defense is just as bad as we're talking about with the Packers and the Lions. Those are the three teams at the bottom of the league in run D. They're all terrible. So you can run on these guys too. So I think the Saints, you know, one and three, that's not a place where, they, where you normally expect the Saints to be. That's a, it's a proud team. I think there were more expectations for them. This feels like a, to me, it feels like a get right spot, perhaps against a team that's coming in a little overconfident after what they've been able to accomplish. So I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, the Seahawks offense is, is looking kind of formidable, looking like something that should be feared. Uh, I think the Saints' defense is a really good test to see where they are. Was this just a matter of playing the Lions, or is the Seattle offense actually uh, on track and actually got something that they can build on? Um, Saints are back from London from last week. I had to do this. I had to be uh, Mr. Stat Geek and look this up because it was just gnawing at the back of my head. How many teams have come back from a London game and played the very next week, and how did they do? Because – I wanted to have some bias and say that that's going to not go well for whoever that team, those two teams are that, that played in London last week and came back. Because both teams that played last week in London are playing this week in week five. They are not on by. There are no buys yeah. uh, this week. Um, so I was surprised by that. So I went back 
I, I did the research and real quick, uh, just to whoever might be curious and, and wondering how that goes in history. Um, it, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. Uh, teams playing after the London game, two and three, uh, straight up and against the spread. 2016, the Colts came back. Uh, they hosted Chicago as four-and-a-half-point favorites. They won by six, so they did well. 2017, three different teams did this. Uh, Baltimore came back. Uh, they were underdogs to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh killed them, beat them by 17. Jacksonville came back, was a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in New York against the Jets. Jets took them to overtime and then won the game on the field goal. Is there a worse feeling than playing a game after you've been in London and then having to go to overtime? So no surprise that Jacksonville lost that one. Uh, Miami came back. played overtime in London, too. (laughs) Uh, Miami came back and hosted Tennessee as three-point underdogs at home, and Miami won the game by six. So that's good for them. And then just last year, it was Miami game. I think the Dolphins did something. uh, They they want to do this on purpose. I remember reading something about they think there's some sort of strategic advantage to uh, having your bye week away from the London trip because you get better rest than if you have the bye after the uh, the, the, ah. the London trip, something like that. Uh, so Miami wants to play the week after um, they go to London. So they won the first time they tried that, and then last year they uh, played against Atlanta the week after the London trip, and Atlanta won. Uh, they barely covered. They were uh, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Atlanta won by two, so take that for oh. what it's worth. So, <laughs> so that's a, that, that really is, like, there's no trend there. Yeah, it is, it's a mixed bag. It, it can be bad and it might not be bad. So it's, there's no real uh, advantage or disadvantage to that. But I did want to get that in just to uh, for anyone else who was wondering about that. Anyway, back to the pick. Um, yeah, the Saints uh, are coming back. And, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way you do. I think that Red Rifle is a more steadier presence at quarterback than, than Jameis. He's not going to give him the big plays, but he's also not going to throw 30 interceptions in a year. And uh, getting Alvin Kamara back is, is a big deal for, for that offense to get rounded into shape. Um, and the Legion of Room, I think, is a nice way for Red Rifle to come back to America. I think he'll have a, a pretty big game tomorrow. So I concur with you and take the Saints. All right. It was a, long, it was a very long-winded way to say I concur. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, we are long-winded. All right. Clippers and Browns, uh, they're both 2-2. Two and two. Um, L.A. is uh, – on the road and going to be a one point favorite in this one uh, at Cleveland. Miles Garrett is ready to roll. Hopefully not his car. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's just a function of miles Garrett, not being there, but that, that Cleveland defense is after we thought like, Oh, after that first game, it's just like, you know, Oh, look at they, they had that big effort and held on and went on the road and went in Carolina. We're like, man, they're just going to, they're going to hold down the fort, win all these games, big defensive efforts. And the defense just hasn't been that good. And they went to Atlanta and, and let Atlanta run all over the field on them. And uh, the Clipper chargers last week seemed to have found something going again with their, with, with Austin Eckler, with him in the running game and getting him the ball in space. And I, I think this is just too much talent coming to town this week um i'm going to take herbert and the chargers as the uh slight road favorite uh we concur once again uh, ah. although keenan allen is down again uh, with his hamstring injury that doesn't seem to matter much to the, the number one passing offense in football justin herbert just kind of finds guys and does what he does um so with, with keenan allen or without uh chargers beat cleveland uh last year 26 to 15 
in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was another wild one. 47 to 42 was the uh, overall score of that one. Over a thousand that yards. That was a wild game. Yes. Uh, over a thousand yards combined in that game. That was with Baker, believe it or not. Um, I don't see Jack Brisket replicating that. I'm sorry. I, I respect him as a pro, but no, the, the, the Clippers might get to something like that again. They're, they're that good, but uh, the Browns definitely will not be matching that. So wait All a right, toss so, up. Would you rather have yep. Jake Brisket or Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, Jake is a, is a random Allen too. Uh, he's, he's a random he's white a chocolate random Allen too. He's um, a random white. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, I'll say Bridgewater is probably better than than Jack hmm. Brisket, but I was just curious. All right, not not, not by a whole lot. Uh, NFC South action: Falcons and Buccaneers. They're both two and two as well. A lot of teams with uh, even records that don't seem like they should have even records, but I guess that's why right. they play the games, right? Um, in this one, uh, we talked briefly about Cordero Patterson on injured reserve with a knee injury. Kyle Pitts also will not play tomorrow. He's got a hamstring injury. Uh, for Tampa, Cole Beasley's had enough. He got there and had a couple of games and said, yep, I, I'm through with this. This is good enough for me. So he, he retired this week. I wish he would have um, waited until halftime, though. <laughs> we, we can't all do that. We can't all do the, the Vontae Davis uh, retirement at halftime. He also didn't do the Antonio Brown and take his shirt off and, and run off the field and retire that way. Uh, Cameron Brait is dumplings. He will not play for the Buccaneers. Um, Akeem Hicks is out as well as Logan Ryan. So we got a lot of injuries in that one. Um, despite all that, Tampa is still a big favorite, uh, minus 10 at home hosting Atlanta. Slide was a little surprising to me. Um, here comes Atlanta with that 4-0 ATS record, right? They're putting that on the line yeah. in this game. Uh, they've been, if you've been betting Falcons so far, you are, uh, undefeated and winning lots of money. I'm, I'm betting against them this week. I mean, they, like I said, they're, they're the fun, bad team, but no pits, no Cordero Patterson. I, I, I mean, Tampa's run D is pretty good. I don't think Algier and Caleb Huntley are going to get a whole lot done on the ground, which means now it's the Marcus Mariota show. This might be Desmond Ritter in the second half. This might be a Kenny Pickett-type game. Um, I think this can get ugly. Uh, yeah, I think that Atlanta secondary and that defense of theirs is not very good. And I, I think Tommy can light them up. Uh, I, I think the talent wins out in this game. I'm just going to give this to the Bucks. Um, I think they cover by just – not by a lot more, but I think they cover the number. I think it might be a lot more. This should be a matter of class. Tampa is uh, is in a much higher class. They yes. put 48 and 30 on the Falcons last year. Um, and I don't know if they're going to put 48 or 30 on them, but if they came close, I wouldn't be too surprised. And, yeah, the Falcons just are not equipped to, to match up with that. So I will concur as well with that one. So that's four in a row we're uh, kumbaya on. Well, if we keep uh, winning 10 to 12 games every week, it's okay to agree on every game. Yeah, we're not going to complain if we keep getting double-digit wins, that's for sure. Uh, AFC South, Houston, Jacksonville. Ooh, mm. Some hot football action there. Catch Texans the fever. Are, <laughs> Texans are 0-3-1. Jags are 2-2. Two and two. But, of course, the Jags have looked a lot better this year overall. So, therefore, they wind up the pretty big favorite at home. Uh, Houston gets seven and a half at Jacksonville. Well, we want to talk about these teams that are trying to set run defense back, uh, like, to zero. And use another one. They can't yep. stop the run. You can run on them all day long. Every team is doing it. Uh, the Chargers did it. The Bears did it. 
Uh, just look at everybody Houston's played. They are one of the worst teams against the run. And here comes Jacksonville, a team that can run. They have a, I mean, their quarterback can run a little bit. Lawrence can get out on the edges. And then you've got James Robinson, who's that very, you know, sneaky, good number one running back. And then they've got Etienne, who seems to be mostly like that pass catcher out of the backfield. Again, I don't think Houston's in Jacksonville's class. Uh, Jacksonville, I think, is playing much better. Uh, they've been really stout at home, uh, it seems like, and, and Houston's, Houston's just bad. Houston had that, that opening week tie, right? And everybody, oh, wow, Houston, yeah, they, tied the, they tied the Colts. Now that we've got hindsight, not that big of an accomplishment. Colts are kind of bad. Uh, they should have won that game, too. Uh, I'll take the Jags here and give the points. Yeah, I got no real uh... – Inside on this one, uh, General Mills isn't making it happen. He needs to step it up, and I, I still don't believe necessarily in the Jags. I, of course, I think Jacksonville should win this game, but just on the basis of, uh, hey, I don't necessarily believe and trust in the Jaguars that much. Them as a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite seems ridiculous to me. Uh, so I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Houston uh, in the seven and a half, and, and let's go, General Mills. Let's step it up. I'm not wearing your imaginary jersey for nothing here. Come on, kid. Let's go. All right. From there, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. We discussed this a little bit. It's uh, the small hands era begins. Uh, Kenny Pickett at quarterback for Pittsburgh and Mitch Trubisky to the bench. Uh, Bills have some def- uh, injury Issues. Jameson Crowder broke his ankle. He's going to be down a while. Dawson Knox is not going to play. The tight end has a leg injury. Um, and still defenders uh, with injuries as well, Christian Bedford and Jordan Poyer in the defensive backfield. Uh, but they may not be needed, or they might. Uh, this kid Pickett, I guess, is going to be a little more downfield is what the uh, this counter report says. Uh, in any event, biggest spread of the week, biggest spread of the season, I believe, uh, Houston plus uh, Pittsburgh, sorry, plus 14 at Buffalo. Yeah, well, you know what? He still Kenny Pickett can throw the ball downfield as much as he wants. Uh, this is the number one rated pass rush in the league. Welcome to the NFL, kid. You, you get to play against that Bills pass rush for your first game. You got the small hands. Boy, I'm smelling strip sacks. You smell any strip sacks in this game? Uh, some picks maybe because Buffalo, you know what, is as bad as that back end has been, right? as beat up as they are, nobody in the secondary on that team, they are still the number nine graded overall team against the pass this year. Think about that. There's 22 teams worse than the Bills in the secondary against in pass coverage than a team that's got like six starters out of that secondary, it seems like, out every game. And they're still finding a way to get it done. A lot of that is the pass rush. Uh, that's a really long way of me saying Bill Squish. <laughs> I just can't lock it up because I locked up the Bills last week. Right. Uh, yeah, just by raw yards, Bills, number one pass defense. Like, nothing's changed. Yeah. Like, just old news is, is what they're supposed to do. Uh, only giving up 6.1 yards for throw. A lot of that is indeed the pass rush. A lot of that is the weather from last week. I think uh, Lamar and the, and the Ravens would have given them a lot better fight and, and had a lot better chance to not blow that lead if not for the for the weather. Well, the I mean, but the Bills also, if the conditions were equal, would have probably had a lot more success all over that game too. 
you're right. I was very impressed by how the Bills won that game last week because it was totally different than the way they've been winning games. They really had right. to uh, grind it out and find some different ways to get downfield as, uh, other than what they usually do. Right. It wasn't only raining when the Bills had the football. Or the Ravens no, had I, the football. <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't intending to suggest I thought that. Um, but, yeah, look, this is the kids' first start. This Really? This is the kids' first start? Mm-hmm. At Buffalo, what, really? This is what you did to him, Mike Tomlin? Come on, man! This is, uh, and and on top of that, what do we talk about? Bills motivated, singular motivation when they have something to play for. They got this kid; they're salivating at him. And last year to open the season, Steelers got him week one, put Bills on the on the defensive on one right off the bat. So they're gonna want some revenge. Yeah, I think this might be a complete, complete squishing. And I do get to lock up the Bills, and I'm so glad I get to do that because I think they could win this game 45 to nothing. Yeah, this might be backups in the third quarter again. Yeah. All right. From there, uh, NFC, I almost said Central because I'm old. Uh, NFC North, Bears, Vikings, 2-2 two and two Bears, 3-1 and one Vikings. Again, teams with records that you wouldn't necessarily think of. How, how soon we forget the Bears have two wins as bad as they've looked. They have actually won two games. Uh, David Montgomery may return from his ankle injury to go back in the uh, backfield for the Bears, but they've proven they don't necessarily need him. They are doing very well running the football, no matter who they have back there. Uh, Vikings are another uh, the other team that's coming back from London, uh, so we'll see how they fare. As, uh, as I pointed out earlier, it's not necessarily uh, a bad thing. Uh, teams can come back from that and do just fine. They are the big favorite at home, uh, giving seven and a half against Chicago. The Bears' reward for going on the road and giving up 262 yards rushing to Saquon Barkley is to go on the road and face Delvin Cook. Mm. Good luck, guys. They can't stop the run either. And the Vikings, they're not bad. Uh, you got the Vikings winning the division at three and one. They're right there in the mix. That was a tough game going to London. All all the games are tough. London's weird. That's like the second Monday night game to me. It's just it's like whatever you think's going to happen, weird shit's going to happen in London. Like Just like weird shit would always happen in the back end when they would do that West Coast Monday night doubleheader. It's just weird stuff happens. Right? Don't, don't look too much into it. I think this is more, you know, hey, if we're looking at this one straight up, yeah, the Vikings, do I think they're more than a touchdown better than the Bears? Yes. So I'll take the Vikings and give them all. Uh, I, I don't blame you. Um, j- just don't get hurt, kid. That's pretty much my whole mantra as a Bears fan this year is Justin Fields, just try not to get hurt, whatever you're doing out there. Uh, just try to learn and do the best you can and know that you're in a terrible situation and you have no weapons and you have no uh, game plan and you these guys don't seem to know offense any better than Nagy did last year, but just, just try not to hurt yourself. Um I'm 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 taking the hook maybe because I'm a Bears fan maybe because Minnesota's coming back from London um, and also because look Vikings haven't looked uh, completely cohesive they had the great first game against the Packers and then from there it looked like they were kind of bumbling and stumbling and finding their way and and trying to play around uh, Justin Jefferson getting double teamed a lot and he broke out last week but uh, I, I still think the Bears can maybe hang within a, a touchdown if they get. If they lose by seven, that's a that's a win for me. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with the points. I don't feel very confident about that. Uh, 
the NFC North's Lions go to New England. And the Lions taking on the Patriots, they're both one and three. And I think both those teams have earned those records because they both are not yes. all that good. Although Detroit's been covering those spreads. Uh, but last week, like I said, favorites with all those injuries, I, I didn't think that was going to hold up. Um, they will also not have DeAndre Swift again tomorrow with his shoulder injury. And I don't think they're going to have uh, Amon Ross A. Brown back um, with that ankle injury. I think he's listed as questionable, but he hasn't really been practicing. And uh, if I had to guess, I, I would say he's going to miss that game again. And, of course, for New England, Brian Hoyer is dumplings. He's on injured reserve. And Mac Jones is got that ankle. It's still ouchy, but it looks like he's going to be the guy uh, to play uh, or is it going to be Bailey Zappi? I, I think actually Bailey Zappi is going to play. I don't think Mac Jones is ready yet. <clears throat> so, with that, the Lions are three-point underdogs against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the Lions and the auto cover, and, and you know, and they're putting up all the points. Their weakness, though, same as the Packers' weakness. They can't stop the run, so this is going to be a, again, I think this is the same game plan for New England at home. It's shorting it up. Ugly the game up, run, 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 run. I love the push aspect. This game smells pushy as all hell. Well, I'm going to take the Lions. I mean, the Lions' offense, I think, is a step up in class this year. They're one of the top offenses in football. And I, Jared Goff has shown that he's not afraid, even if he's missing weapons, that he's going to be able to throw the football. They, Jamal Williams is a perfectly competent backup. Uh, he's going to spread that thing around. I think Detroit's going to be able to move the ball up and down, and I'll, I'll take the team that, that's showing that they can that they can cover a lot of a lot of spreads. Last week was the Patriots' first cover of the season. Yeah, um, I, I concur. Stunning that uh, the Lions have had fireworks on offense, missing all those weapons. Uh, it feels like Belichick uh, will find a way to halt that, just being the goat coach. Uh, Mac Jones as a favorite though, or Bailey Zappi. Either way, that, that's a that's a no for me. I'm going to concur and take the points, um, and, and take Detroit. It also smells very very pushy to me. As in, I predicted New England by three, but I got to pick one side or the other. <laughs> yeah. So that that's almost easy though. If you got a situation where it's even on both sides, and you got the Detroit Lions involved, they're they're the team that loves to cover spread. So you just go with the Lions and cross your fingers and and hope the best uh, works out for you. So we're going to go both go on the Lions on that one. All right, Miami visiting the Jets. Uh, this is Teddy Bridgewater getting the start for the Dolphins. Tua still not cleared. Hopefully will not be cleared for quite a while. Um, there, there's very iffy situation with the receivers. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle came up injured uh, during practice this week, so – Definitely keep an eye out tomorrow morning, see if they're going to be able to make the start or not. Um, for the Jets, they uh, may get their veteran left tackle, Dwayne Brown, back from a shoulder injury. They will need all the protection they can get. The uh, Dolphins are favorites, uh, minus three and a half on the road at the Jets. Yeah, you know, and the, boy, the Jets are sneaky. Uh, they're they're basically league average or better in just about every Offensive category, I mean, defensive category, and offensively, they, they they seem to be that team that no matter what you do, you just doesn't really feel like you can quite put them away. There's a lot of 
they're not a good team, but they fight. Uh, they might be the Lions of last year. <laughs> they might be the AFC version of what the, of, of what the Lions were last year, where they're going to lose a hell of a lot of football games, but they're going to fight like hell doing it. Um, although I actually like the Jets to win this one. I'm going to take the Jets. <clears throat> um, for, for any specific reason, or just out of just because? or I just got a feeling about this one. Okay. This feels right with all the turmoil going on with Miami and then the feistiness of the Jets. I could see them springing an upset here. The uh, PFF podcast was talking about Zach Wilson's terrible career versus the blitz. Like if you, uh, whatever metric you want to bring up as far as passing, when you blitz them, it gets much, much worse. I think that's true of most quarterbacks, not all, but uh, I think most of them look much worse against the blitz than otherwise. Uh, and do- the Dolphins should be blitz happy, but they only have seven sacks in four games this year so far. I, I don't, I, I wasn't impressed by that at all when I looked up the numbers for this one. This is one that I had, I went and did a little researching and looking up numbers trying to figure out how I wanted to go with this. Um, I, I'm, I'm struck by how less potent the Miami offense looked when Teddy got in there after Tua got uh, dumpling the first time. Um, Maybe a week of practice will change that, but I, I'm skeptical about it. I, I'm going to concur. I also have the Jets winning this game. Um, oh, I, I think okay. they're, I, I think they're as uh, feisty just like you do, and I also think the Dolphins have a lot of turmoil and drama going on with all the, with everything that's happening. I, I definitely concur on all fronts with you there, and I'm going to go with Zach Wilson no matter how bad he looks against the Blitz. All right, from there, Titans – and Commander Skins, the Washington Washingtons. The Washington Washingtons. I, I think I like that one. I, that should stick. Titans are two and two, and the Washington Washingtons are one and three, and looking bad. Uh, but the Titans have defensive issues. Uh, starting defenders Zach Cunningham, Amani Hooker, Bud Dupree, all out for this game. Um, and their rookie receiver Traylon Burks uh, has turf toe, and he's on IR, so we won't see him right. for a while. Uh, for the Washington Washingtons, Brian Robinson uh, looks ready to go. The rookie uh, running back who got shot in his ass before the season began uh, looks like he's ready to make <laughs> his debut, so good for him. Hey, good for so, him. But uh, one rookie up and then and another rookie down, Jahan Dotson, is out with a hamstring injury. Uh, Titans in this game are the very, very slight favorite, minus one at Washington. Well, that's pretty much a pick em, right? Um right? Yep. You know, the Titans' pass rush, I think, is better this year than what we used to just – we used to just dump on them, right? You especially would talk about this team just cannot get after the quarterback. They've been better. They're not great, but they've been better. And, man, I just keep – every time I close my eyes and I think about Carson Wentz, all I see is Carson Wentz against the Titans, man. It's seared into my brain. Left-hand jump pass out of his own end zone. (laughs) Here they come. They're coming for you, Carson. I wonder if you see that, too. Um, yeah, I mean, if they're smart, this is the Derrick Henry show tomorrow. I, You know, I, well, I honestly, I just think Tennessee is – I, 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 hey, the, the spread kind of, you know, shows you. I think Tennessee is the slight bit better team, and they're the slight bit road favorite in this game. Uh, I'll just go with that and try and run and hide and hope that Tennessee can be the better team. I think Washington's just really bad. Go with them slightly. Slightly. Uh, Win by two, uh, I don't care. Yeah, they're they're so bad that I locked against them last week, even though the you know 
Dallas yeah. any great shakes with, with Cooper Rush. I still thought they were much better than Washington. Titans should do about as well as the Cowboys did. I don't think the Titans are much better or worse. Uh, however, they are coughing up 8.2 yards per pass attempt uh, on defense. So if Carson Wentz can't catch fire here, I don't know if he's ever going <laughs> to. It's pretty much uh, <laughs> yeah. his only chance to do something. Um, speaking of ugly, uh, Tannehill's not much better. Um, no, I, I concur on all fronts. They, they, the Titans should go with, with Derrick Henry and ugly it up and grind it out and, and get a ugly, uh, low-scoring victory, and they don't have to win by more than two or three or four. You're yeah. absolutely right on that. So, yeah. and, you know, uh, we Carson are... Wentz actually has good receivers. I mean, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, that's quality. Bears would take that. Yeah, but he has no time to get it to him. If, if, he, has, that's right. if he has the Doesn't talent matter. and the consistency to get it to yeah. him, we still don't know because he doesn't have any time. Yeah. So we, and it really, one of the side benefits of Traylon Burks getting hurt means that Derrick Henry actually will probably factor more prominently in the passing game, which isn't bad. I, I, he's not a bad pass catcher. He's made himself into a serviceable pass catcher out of the backfield. And, you know, everybody has seen what Derrick Henry can do when he does those, like, 77-yard screen pass touchdowns, right? Yeah, him in the open field is frightening. Just, yeah. Get him the ball and let the truck roll. That's all you got to do. Yeah, he's he's not a stone hands pass catcher. I don't know if you want to use him there too much, but yeah, when you do get him space, it can be uh, can be. Right, scary. I mean, he's not Marshall Falk. He's not out there running wide right, receiver right. routes. But if he's your check down option, you could do worse. All right, late. We are kumbaya on every game except one. Every single two. game. You're right. Uh, Houston, Jacksonville, Jacksonville and, and then the Bears. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're right. Okay, late afternoon action: San Fran and Carolina. Niners are two and two. Panthers are one and three. Uh, they're still, of course, with Jimmy G under quarterback. Uh, they will not yep. have their left tackle Trent Williams. He's got an ankle injury. Uh, Niners still against the Rams. <laughs> Niners still the big favorite. Yes, yeah, probably because of that. Uh, minus six and a half at the Panthers. It's amazing how those lines can go week to week like that, right? So uh, they they destroy the world champs, and now they get to go on the road and face Baker Mayfield probably for the first half, and then Sam Darnold will come in. Uh, Because that's that's another one where the writing's on the wall, right? You're starting to see it in the press. The fans are starting to turn against that. I don't think the fans in uh, Carolina are as bad as what the fans are doing in Denver turning against the team, where the fans are just up and leaving in the middle of the game now in overtime. They're just like, out. They can't take it anymore either. Um, And that's supposed to be a good fan base, too. They they have seen enough. Uh, They've seen enough of that shit. Panthers fans, I think, are a close second. And I think they've had enough of Baker Mayfield. And and, and frankly, who hasn't? I'll take the Niners and give the big points on the road. Yeah, I I concur again. Look, Matt Rule may be the first coach shit can. I I was reading that, and I'm... I'm very glad to see that because I'm, I'm, I've been done with him for a while. That that whole college <laughs> atmosphere and rah 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 crap that, that's that's definitely grows old when you're not actually producing on the field. And the Panthers are definitely not producing on the field. And having Baker Mayfield as your quarterback will also make you want to shit can your coach as well. Um, yeah, Kyle Shanahan out coached Sean McVay Monday night. 
this should be a real mismatch. Uh, out coaching Matt Rule, I, I definitely don't think he'll have a problem doing that. So I will concur there. Uh, I'm I want to take take a guess at uh, what your lock's going to be with these four games remaining here. I I'm going to go with with this one. We'll see if I'm right. Eagles Cardinals, uh, the undefeated four and zero Philadelphia Eagles, and the two and two Wobegon Arizona Cardinals uh, with all their injuries and everything happening with them. Uh, but the Eagles have some issues as well. They, uh, there's been an epidemic this week of left tackles and place kickers getting injured. I don't know why. Uh, but Jordan Mailata, the Eagles left tackle, is out with a shoulder injury. Uh, corner, cornerback Avante Maddox is out with an ankle injury. Uh, Eagles still the big favorite despite that because they're undefeated. They are minus five and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, all the podcasts I listen to are – Talking about the uh, the upset potential, the cover potential of this game, and the Cardinals, oh, the Cardinals, watch out, you know, and you know, Kyler Murray's going to be running more. These two teams are not on the same level. This isn't like the Cardinals springing one on the Raiders, who are always in line for being the stupidest team in football. This is a Philadelphia team that is coming at you in so many different ways offensively, right? They've got multiple running options and a running quarterback, an elite running quarterback, and then you've got top-tier wide receivers, a top-tier tight end. Yeah, uh, I'm not locking it up, but it's no. not going to be close. I'm taking the Eagles and giving the points here. Oh, I'm starting to drink this my... Eagles Kool-Aid. I think they're really good. Yeah, you, you're falling for them hard. I, I had my finger on the button there. I just knew you were locking that one up. Um no. For no other reason than the Philadelphia Eagles have to be getting this humongous head, walking around being the only undefeated team left in the league, um, and maybe also because of the reason that Kyler Murray isn't this bad. He's, his, his rating under pressure is 26.1, which is abyss. <laughs> but he's he's not that bad. He's, I don't know exactly what's going on this year, but he's he, he's better than this. I know he is. They're missing, um, they're missing I know. their number one. Yeah, that's, that's and they huge. have their, yeah. and their running backs are bad. I mean, Eno yeah, Benjamin and James Conner do not scare anybody. They, but they've got a, the similar as as the Eagles. They got a, a really big running re- weapon back there in uh, at quarterback, and I think they need yeah. to use that the, a little more and get him out on the on the edges. And the Eagles are giving up five yards a carry. That's another one of those teams. Uh, there's a lot of teams giving up five yards a run right now. They're just getting <laughs> ripped, and and the Eagles are one of those. Um, so just for, for those reasons that Kyler's got to do better than this and the Eagles have got to be getting that big head because they're not used to this success. Uh, I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the Cardinals and, and maybe they will spring that upset that everyone's been talking about. The, the Eagles are going to lose. They're not going 17 and L. So somewhere along if the way. I, no, I agree with you there. I, if, but if I could look into the metrics, cause you bring up that stat, I'd be really curious to find somewhere what the splits are on that. Like what's the Eagles run defense doing like in the first half versus the hmm. second half. Cause you can sometimes have a bad rushing average against because you're blowing people out, you just don't care. But okay, go ahead, run the ball, right? And that's what the Eagles are doing to people. They're beat, they're whooping them. So who cares if you're running for five yards on every play? Because that's forty seconds off the clock. I'm sure that's out there. Somebody's breaking that down somewhere. I'm I need sure. to. I need to know. <laughs> Where's our crack production staff? Get on it. 
in much less detail at gmail.com. Send us those uh, third and fourth quarter rushing stats. Yeah. Uh, we are taking pro bono work. That's right. We'll give you all the publicity you want for all the six listeners that we have. Uh, Cowboys and Rams, Dallas at three and Wait. one, Rams at two and two. You took the Cardinals? I did. Okay. So I want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, more Cooper Rush. Uh, C.D. Lamb has a groin situation. I don't know if he's uh, been oh. ruled inactive, but uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, Dallas, the uh, underdog, with uh, despite the undefeated Cooper Rush, they are plus five and a half at the Rams. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually I'm not logging it up, but I'm taking the Cowboys <laughs> to win this game. Uh, the, the, Dallas, the, Dallas, you know, the Dallas defense has really been getting it done. And and Matthew Stafford will give you multiple opportunities to to run that thing back throughout the game, mm. and 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 Dallas's pass rush is really good too. So Matthew Stafford, you know where he's going to be. Uh, this feels like almost a carbon copy of the of the Niners game, except it's not as big of a blowout. I think this is going to be a close game. I think the Cowboys squeak one out here. So I'm, I've got the Rams here on upset alert. Um, you know, I, I like what the I like what Cooper Rush is doing. I don't think they're winning this. You know, I'm not taking them because of oh my God, it's Cooper Rush. I'm drinking <laughs> the Cooper Rush Kool Aid, but I, I think that the Dallas defense can kind of stymie Matt Stafford and and kind of get him get him off his spot, force him into some bad throws. You know, and, and, and yeah, Matthew Stafford that that thing can turn against him quick. You know, if he starts loading up on the picks. I mean, look what he did against Atlanta, letting them all the way back into that game in a game that they were just blowing them out. And and, and, and as Stafford, you know, you, hey, you got the Sean McVay's the smart coach. They can't run the football. And so I don't even care what Dallas's run defense is. Like, they could be, they could have the the Lions run D. I don't think the Rams <laughs> could run on them. The Rams have no running game. Cam Akers and Terrell Henderson are awful. Like Stephen A. Smith, awful. <laughs> they are awful. Um, ironically, because they're in the same division, uh, you, since you asked about the Cowboys' run D, exact same numbers as the Eagles' uh, run defense and pass defense. They're both giving up five yards per carry, but they're both only giving up 5.5 yards per throw because they're getting after the quarterbacks and right. uh, putting pressure on them. Um, and, yeah, I completely respect uh, and will always honor what the uh, Cowboys and, and uh, their their past rushers can do. Uh, and, and I understand what happened on Monday night with Matthew Stafford uh, getting after it, uh, the Niners getting after Matthew Stafford and embarrassing him and making him uh, look bad. But I, I guess I still believe in the Rams. Um, I, I think – LA has to figure out this Cooper Rush magic thing and shut that shit down. Um, I, I think uh, Aaron Donald is going to come out and have a, a say in, in matters. I think uh, getting embarrassed like that on Monday night uh, usually brings out the best in, in Aaron Donald the next week. He's one of those very prideful players like that. So um, I'm actually going to take the Rams and give the uh, the five and a half. I think um, this will probably this will be the toughest test of, of Cooper Rush's uh, young career and uh i think it's a nice place for him to fall on his face and get embarrassed i think that love has gotten definitely out of control <laughs> i'm not doing this for cooper rush <laughs> just to be on the record got got it understood 
Um, you have got me stumped with these last two games. I have no idea which way you're going to go for, for your lock. So you really uh, – good job on building the mystery on, on these two. Sunday night football, Bengals and Ravens from Baltimore. They are both 2-2 two and two and desperate for a victory. Um, Ronnie Stanley is finally ready to go with his ankle injury, um, the left tackle for the Ravens. So that's good news for them. They definitely need all the uh, protection they can get. Um, all the left tackles getting hurt, that's the uh, the inverse, that he's actually going to be able to step up and, and play finally for Baltimore on Sunday night. Uh, cop-out line, Baltimore minus three, hosting Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals here straight up, so obviously I've got them with the number. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about nightmare fuel for the Ravens and, and Ravens fans and the Ravens defensive coordinators, uh, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, P. Higgins, all those guys running through that secondary. Mm, that secondary? Uh, no. This could be another spot where Baltimore gets up three touchdowns and finds a way to gag on it. Is it uh, they can't stop anybody's passing game. It, it's so painful. You know, and, and they, they should be – they probably should be undefeated. They should have beat the Bills, and they should have beat the hell out of the Dolphins. And Cincinnati's not that bad. I mean, they started off a little sluggish, and they've started to round out. They've had 10 days off now. I think they're starting to round into shape, you know, get a little bit of that Super Bowl rust off the hangover. It's really hard for me to go with Baltimore until they can get something shored up in that secondary or show that they can stop a team with an elite passing offense. But you're not locking that up. I'm not, so there's only one game left. Yeah, there is. Uh, four sixteen and five twenty five is what Joe Burrow put on the uh, Baltimore defense last year in those two games. Ouch! Uh, that is two ass kickings that uh, helped signify that the Bengals were uh, were arriving and becoming a, a bigger threat than any of us could have possibly and that's when the imagined. Secondary was better. Were they? They were just as beat now. up as, as well. I don't. I don't know. They were very beat up last year too. I think that was uh, a, a big. I, I think they're. Yeah, they're maybe not as beat up yet as this year as they were last year, but they're still pretty beat up. Um, but yeah, they're they're beat up again. But you know what? The Bengals have not looked like that team so far this year. Like, you know, when you think about the three headed monster, T. Higgins yeah. and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase doing everything that they could do. Uh, they haven't been able to, to replicate that three-ring circus because of their uh, protection issues with uh, Joe Burrow. Um, and, and running, uh, Bengals haven't done that either. They haven't. That was a, a, a hidden part of their success last year was uh, Joe Mixon being uh, very productive in the run. And they had some games in the middle of last year where they were relying on the running game. They just said, we don't know exactly what's going on with our passing, and we're going to just – kind of shut that down and rely on running. And they were, they were running for like 200 yards a game for, for a few games there before they finally got everything figured out passing. Um, they don't have that this year at all. They're, they're averaging 3.1 yards per carry so far this year. I don't know exactly what's going on with the running, but the, that remade offensive line looks like they just made everything worse. They still can't protect, and they're much worse at running the football. So their offense is definitely not anywhere near what it was last year. Uh, I think this is the Ravens' chance to give them a, a receipt and, and uh, pay them back for what they did last year. I don't think uh, 
I know what the Ravens are doing defensively and then just falling apart at the end of games, but I don't think the Bengals are in position to take advantage right now. They might be later on when, again, it might be where they need the rest of the season to sort of figure things out and figure out what they do best and go from there. But right now I think the Bengals are uh, not what they could be or what they should be. So I'm going to take the Ravens and give the three. I think they uh, can hold off the Bengals. And, yeah, they, they very well could be uh, 4-0 right now. You're absolutely right. All right. I cannot possibly imagine you ever locking up the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and Boy Wonder. So I'm going to assume that you're going uh, with the Chiefs on Monday night, but I'll let, I'll give you the floor to explain all of that. Uh, Ra- uh, Raiders at one and three, Chiefs at three and one, Monday night football at Arrowhead, Vegas is plus seven and a half at the Chiefs. If this was a Sunday night, just a regular random Sunday noon game, you know, not after what the Chiefs just did against Tampa and Bananum, I probably would have been more likely to take the points here, you know, let down spot for the Chiefs, but no, 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 no. Now you've got the Raiders are coming off their first win. It's the boy wonder. He's taking the Raiders, taking that clown show on the road to Kansas city, a team that outscored the Raiders 89 to 23 last season. And that was a good Raiders team. And this is going to be prime time. And yeah, and, and good luck. And, and great for great for the Raiders. They beat the Broncos. Yeah, give them the go, give them the slow <laughs> clap. Give them the golf clap. Good job, guys. You beat one of the worst teams I think I've ever seen. Just that's supposed to be good. One of the most overhyped, let's say, teams I've ever seen. That Denver Broncos squad. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm locking it up. Yeah. <laughs> Could, like I said, I could not imagine you taking uh, – I don't no. think there will ever be a day in life where you say, a Josh McDaniels coach team, oh, I got to lock up that team. That's the team I got to take. Didn't I lock them up against the Cards? Uh, this year? Yeah. That was my Ooh. wife's – that was my wife's uh, – Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I said suicide. It was suicide, but it was her survivor pick. We should have that. We should do a suicide pool. Instead of a survivor pool, do a suicide pool. You have to pick a team that loses every week, and you can only do it once. I like it. I, I like it, too. That's like our Buster League, just trying to find yeah. the worst. The suicide pool. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll run that at work next year. Maybe that'll go longer uh, than this uh, survivor pool. <laughs> Uh, boy, that's a Freudian slip if I ever heard one. Uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, you definitely thought the Raiders were gonna uh, have their way uh, back in week two, and I and yeah. I did too. I, I also thought they were gonna cover that number, and and maybe they should have. Um, so yeah, you 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 shut me up. I said you'd never lock them, and you did it in week two. So yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, um, as far as this game, uh, here's a here's a stat for you. Derek Carr is at 5.08% turnover-worthy throws. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of bad throws. Um, that should be death uh, against uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, especially coming off of what they just did. Uh, Boy Wonder doesn't measure up to Andy Reid on any, any coaching level at all. The, the play calling, uh, leading a team, just all the metrics of coaching – you got that column with the green check mark. Andy Reid has all the green check marks uh, over Josh McDaniels. Uh, I will concur and take the Chiefs. All right, which is funny 
you know, I'm losing these locks, but you're not crapping on them. No, 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 no. I mean, I, the only thing about the Chiefs locking the Chiefs is I just get scared that they, uh, again, they, they could yeah. I locked them be up innovative and figure and they, it out. And they lost. Right. Yeah, they could they could figure it out every week and just embarrass people like they did Sunday night against yeah. Tampa. Yeah, I just get scared that they don't want to do that. But no, by by coaching and by talent, they should absolutely uh, you know be be big favorites and be uh, you know a contender for a lock every week. So we can't lock them yeah. every week. Yeah, Matt uh, Ryan uh, jumped ahead of Derek Carr in the turnover worthy throws column uh, with another three of them against Denver. So. 12 now for Ryan to Cars 9, who probably jump up and tie Ryan on Monday night. <laughs> More on our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. Uh, yeah, we were kumbaya a lot again uh, in that one. We, Is that we, four? Uh, we we went on a run at the end there, like the last oh, okay. three uh, before KC. We disagreed on, so that believe that's going to make a total of five. Yep. Okay. I think that's still five not a lot. the last two weeks. That's still not a lot. Actually, the last three weeks because I was five and zero oh against you two weeks ago. Last week you went three and two against me. Yep. So it's five is our number this year. Five is the magic number. Yeah, where's that? We haven't had that weekend where it was like 10, you know, where it's like we just go crazy disagreeing with each other. No, a lot of – we're seeing things that, kind of the same. We're both over 500. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong actually, with that. It's actually six because you don't want to think about that Thursday night. Oh, you know, right, Thursday. So, oh, no, no, no. We're not going to talk about Thursday <laughs> You need a week to recover from that before you talk about it. I have to process that, what I saw on Thursday night, so I can talk about it in detail. <laughs> on our next show until I see something worse or stupider. I mean, that could win every bad award that Denver team. Oh man, Denver. Like we were talking, we were joking about their fans. Their fans are done with them. <laughs> the only thing I can say about that game is Colts and Broncos. That game was pure horseshit. Hey, Hey, Oh, thank man. you. I'll be here all the week. Wow. You didn't, you didn't, save that for the regular show? You saved that for the after show. It didn't deserve to be on the regular show. That game, nothing no, okay. about that game deserved to be on the regular <laughs> show. Good God. Yeah, I, was, I, I can't I, can't I almost tweeted you. out uh, that, can I have three hours of my life back? That Something like that. Which is the exact like. same way I felt about that Broncos Niners game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The week before, so, like, what did I just watch? The Denver Broncos taking years off of your life. That's their. That's going to be their. Oh, I'm going to. Uh... I'm going to tell my my <laughs> my gambling story about that game on the next uh, show oh, because okay. it was ridiculously awful, um, <laughs> and it tied directly into just the bad play calling and the like. You're just watching the Broncos pretty much dominate the Colts defensively and just keep just like gagging and making the stupid call. Oh, yeah, I can't. I can't talk about it. Um, I don't really have, a, I have three main slate lineups tomorrow in my, in my uh, DFS because I've got one that's free and then I've got two paid ones. So I'm not going to really, I don't really have one that I like more than the other. Um, but I've got, I, I loaded up one with bills. Um, good call. I, right, I loaded up one with the Jags, uh, cause they're cheap. 
Yeah. So that's like a Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, James Robinson uh, stack. Taking okay. a chance on that, kind of like I did with the Geno Smith thing, because Houston's bad. Um, and I've, I forget who I got. I, I, what I'm doing on the third one, I still haven't gotten wise yet to, to stacking up Eagles in these. And, and I don't know if it's well, just because in my they're, heart they're not I cheap don't anymore. believe. Well, or maybe in my heart, I just don't believe. I'm taking pieces. Like I've, I'll have AJ Brown here, or there. Or, you know, I haven't quite gone to Miles Sanders yet because I'm not a Miles Sanders guy. But really, um, do have to very quickly uh, mention, as I sent to you this week, we came back from the dead. Did our best Undertaker in our uh, <laughs> fantasy baseball yeah. league, coming back in the last hour of the season to jump from fifth to fourth place, I, I had given up on that team. Like, we're in fifth place. We're three and a half points out. We're going into the last day, and I just looked at the phone, just wanted to see how things were going for the day. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I'm, where am I? Oh, wait, I'm in fourth. How did I move up? We, and then it turns out we got the only two fan, uh, wins of the day that went to anybody who was owned, which jumped us ahead of two teams. We flip-flopped with a team in our whip by point zero zero one, Man. And, and we held off another team in runs scored for the whole season by one run. Any one wow. of those three things don't happen, we don't finish in the money because we finished by half a point ahead of the fifth-place team. That's amazing. And it happened in the last – it flipped as soon as the Mariners game was over because we ended up getting a relief win from Eric Swanson. <laughs> that, that's How your random is that? And, and Framber Valdez uh, pitched a, another great game in his 17-win season. But uh, we won six games in the last week of the season. After we had stopped winning games, we had just a bunch of whole bunch of ones, relief wins, starter wins. You know, Kirby with a win, AJ Puck gets a win. Just guys getting wins. <laughs> uh, Dylan Tate picked one up during that week, so uh, I was very proud of that team. Um, if you saw the commissioner in the write-up, had to point out again that we ended up winning money, even though we were <laughs> by far, by not even close, the lowest spending team in the league. So so bad, so so much so that we actually took home a bigger winning uh, share than the third place team because they spent $1,100 more than we did this season. Man. Yeah. Uh, that's how it works sometimes. You, you you don't make the most moves. You make the shrewdest moves or the smartest moves. The, and the, the shrewdest move, that... move for us was do nothing. <laughs> Stay pat. Stay pat. Don't. Damn, Pat, hey, this is a good team. I trust these guys. They were awful in the first half. I'm not making trades. My trade was just get better performance from the guys we have. And most of them most of them did it. You know, plus, you know, some lucky free agent pickups. You know, Matt Carpenter was a lucky pickup and he went off for us for a while and helped us move up. And uh, I don't like activating rookies because you lose that first year of eligibility, but Kirby came up so early. I activated George Kirby. He ended up being really good for us. So lots of little lucky things throughout the entire baseball season. And you got to flip that point in the last hour of the season to go from 
sending a check versus getting a check. So it's just funny well, how that works out. Things. Second time we've done that, uh, by the way. We did this really long time ago, I remember, because uh, Ichiro got a hit. That's how long ago that was. Ichiro got a hit in his last at-bat that flipped us with another team by point like zero zero one in batting average. And I went from fifth to fourth. And the ironic yeah. thing is it happened to the same team that we jumped ahead of this year. <laughs> hey, they got to be sick as hell of us. Could you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine. I, I'm on the good side of it, and I'm like, yeah, but could you imagine being in the money oh. and twice having a team jump you out of the money? It, one of them on the last at-bat of the season, and another one in the last hour of the season where like one of the last game results flips it. Cause at that point, the only game left on the slate was uh, like Boston playing somebody. And that game was already in the eighth inning. And you could see already based on who was still playing in that game, it was going to have no fantasy impact on our league. Right. And yeah. So I was like, Oh, all we got to do is just end that game and it's over. And uh, yeah. Jumped, jumped the team for the second time in 20 years. Yeah, you got to really love fantasy baseball to still be in the league after having that happen a couple of times to you because that's like you, you go to sleep thinking about all this money and then you the, the money in your dreams is running away from you. You're just chasing it. You're trying to grab right. it and it's just well, the, running that's away. What the, hard, the hard part for me was we gagged up like an 11-point lead over the fifth-place team. Because hmm. we were running away with the money a month ago, like September 1st. You know, it was like not even close. And it just started all of a sudden, just like guys were getting hurt. Guys weren't coming back from injury. You know, the starters weren't like Gausman stopped being effective. So you're just watching like the points, you know, they're chipping away and chipping away. And, and all of a sudden, I end up going from being like 11 points ahead to three and a half points out going into the last day of the season. I'm like, ah, it's over. Yeah. And so, uh, However they did it, they got into the money, but I'm saying you, yeah. you're thinking at that point you got the money and you and you lay down and you're thinking about that money and the next day you get up and that money is not there anymore. That, that I would have to quit. I'm sorry. If I didn't love fantasy <laughs> baseball, I'd be like, man, I don't need this shit. I'm out I, I, But I went from how am I going to spend this money? What am I going to do with it? Right to yeah. oh man, I'm not getting any money. I'm gonna get that number one ultra pick. Start looking at like who are the good. Hey, who's not kept? You know, is who's gonna be the good hot shit rookie that I could take number one next year and build the team around? And now all of a sudden, oh wait, no, I'm getting money. <laughs> yeah, it, it it happens like that, I guess. It happens to us easy anyway. Come easy go. I'm finding this out in my uh, journey through the the DFS. Right, uh, easy oh, come, yeah. easy go. Absolutely. So speaking of uh, loving fantasy, uh, unfortunately, our commission has uh, fallen out of love with fantasy. You know, I'm not so sure. We'll see. You think he might be uh, planning a the big comeback? No, some, I, I sent him an email and said, hey, you know, you're going to be missed. And I think everybody's sending that. I think that kind of tugs on the heartstrings a little bit. But I think as it starts ramping up, or you, start, you get the winter meetings, you get the trades, spring training starts to roll around. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, I'm really not doing this. You know, 
and that he's got it's a it's a it's not everybody's like best friends, but some of those guys are. But it's a, it's a tight group, you know. I mean, we've been in that group yeah. for over twenty years. Um, I don't think that's just, I've even if I've ever thought about not doing it, I mean, I'd miss it. I, I'd just miss it too much. I'd miss that act that action. Yeah, our commissioner uh, wrote in his uh, email to us uh, at the end of the yeah. year that he was uh, uh, stepping down and quitting that league that he uh, helped found uh, back in whatever year that was, 1982 or 83, um, is almost a 40-year fantasy league, uh, one of the original yeah. fantasy leagues uh, of, of, of all fantasy books. leagues. Yeah. There's been books made about it, documentaries uh, made about uh, some of the older uh, very first fantasy leagues, and this is one of them. And uh, we were we we're both very proud to be in this yeah. fantasy league, and we've had the commission on the podcast way back in the day, in the early days of the podcast. He came on a couple of times. We we're always uh, very grateful for that. Um, and yeah, I, I was one of the, I wrote one of the emails uh, as well to uh, to him to let him know how he was appreciated and the the, the big heart that he had uh, welcoming me um, into the league. Uh, I still remember that night. Um, you uh, were not uh, available to do the big preseason meeting at the Billy Goat Tavern that they always have. So you sent yeah, I, me to... I think there was like a snowstorm where I lived. Oh, okay. Because I was up so north, you... and I remember like, hey, you know, you, can you go to this? Because yeah. I can't make it down there. So you dispatched me, and I walked into a, a bar with a whole bunch of people. I didn't know who any of them were. And oh, was that was the Billy Goat? To... Yeah. Yeah. And I was supposed to, to meet up with him and, and introduce myself uh, as sort of your liaison. Um, and after wandering around and, and uh, introducing myself le- legitimately to several groups of guys who were not the Fantasy League, because I didn't know who they were, uh, and embarrassing myself. You do that and these risking... days in Chicago, you get shot. <laughs> I, it, it was a risk then. I was uh, risking getting something other than shot. I, some of those guys, I don't know how they were looking at me. But anyway, um, I finally found them, and uh, they welcomed me with open arms, and uh, Kamish took me aside and explained uh, the league a little bit and, and gave me the, the what for and, and the what how and, you know, what's going on there. He's, he's, he's always very um, uh, gracious as far as that goes. Any other new people that came in, you would always be able to find them at the uh, preseason meeting. At some point, he'd be in a corner with them uh very hands-on, one-on-one, explaining uh, how the rules work and how the, yeah. the league works. And uh, wanted, he always wanted to make sure that whoever was getting into this knew exactly what they were getting into. And um, he wanted to make sure uh, how intensive it is, how much work you got to do to keep up with the uh, not just the players, but the prospects and, and the, the money involved, all the transactions and every, how, how much every transaction costs and everything that goes along with it. Um, yeah, he, you're right. He is, uh, it's hard to imagine that he would give it all up. Um, but I'm of the, uh, I'm on the other side with that one. I think he's, he means it and that he is going to stay away because him doing it that long and being an original, I think means that when he says that he's done, that means he's probably gone through five, six, seven years of thinking he might be done. And he finally arrived at that point. Um, so this has to be – that's just how I feel. This has to be it for him. And also, there are so many fantasy options, uh, DFS uh, and um, 
regular fantasy leagues, like, you know, just on Yahoo or something like that, there's other options for him to get into fantasy without being the commissioner and doing all that that entails. And all that will burn anyone out after 40 years. So I'm not right. surprised at all at that. Yeah. So I my, my if I had to make a prediction, I'm 50-50 between he's just, yeah, he's just truly done, or is it maybe a, like a changing of the guard and we find a new commissioner and he just plays out couple of seasons just playing try try just playing the game right instead of just instead being of running the game yeah mm. try try just being a player instead of having mm. to worry about everything and do all the moves and track the money and do all that stuff plus i think it would help if there was like a transition year where he's kind of helping somebody be the commissioner because he's still offered up the help right well, at that point you still got a team. Play the, what, what, at that point, what is it? It's not about the money. I guarantee you for these guys, a lot of it's not about the money. Um, right. You know, so we'll see. Maybe, maybe he starts to feel the juice, you know, as we start getting closer. So I'm 50-50 between him being done or maybe just playing as a player and not the commissioner. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, but the, I, I'm, I told, I told like him seven. I'm going to miss the, I, I'm going to miss the pen throws. <laughs> I'm like I'm seventy five twenty five or eighty twenty that he's done because like I you said when so? he, we, if you get to that point to yeah. finally say it and announce it to everybody that means he's probably yeah. been thinking about it for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, and then honestly, that the the fear I think for a lot of people is that gets us down to ten teams, and if somebody else steps away, now you're starting to talk about it falling apart. Yeah. Well. I, we, we, but we've all known that there's uh, a shortage of teams, and we've all been yeah. trying to recruit. And a recruiting. lot of the guys in this league, they're not getting younger. I mean, where are we, the right, second right. youngest team? We're right mm-hmm. there. Or the youngest team, maybe. I don't know if we're older than Ben, but we're right there. He's our age. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these guys are 70s, so they've been doing it for 40 years. <laughs> So the fact that uh, one the the main one is falling off now that might create a domino effect for some of these other guys. Yeah, I'm I'm, right. I'm fearful of that as well. Well, you know, you you know, I'm just waiting for that email where somebody's like, well, you know, with you leaving, it's just not going to be the same. And I've been thinking about mm-hmm. it. And I, my heart's not in it either. And then you just end up and it dissolves, and it's that's it. You know, and like you said, there, there's so many fantasy options other than that, but nothing quite like that. That is a unique experience. It is. Uh, and if it did fall apart, that would be uh, a shame. But uh, that's that's quite the run, on the other hand, to think about how long they've actually kept this up. Like, there's nothing that either one of us are doing in our 20s that we're still doing today except for making these football picks and creating a podcast around it. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? And I'd, be, and I'd be proud of the fact that I was in it for half of its run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that I was there for a chunk of it as well. We always kind of feel like the, we're not the new guys. We, we've been in this long enough that we've had people come and go. That's right. Um, you know, and, and and plenty of teams newer than us. So, and and we've won uh, three times. So, um, yeah, very very proud we're, of that. We're, we're veterans. We're not as uh, hard scrabbled and and. Uh, Grizzled no. veterans as as the other guys, or some of the other guys in the league. Yeah, wasn't calling the sports phone or making trades at my wedding <laughs> or you know, any of the number 
of or or hire bringing in strippers. We weren't there for any of uh, that. No, we missed all of that. But you know, but some of my favorite memories were the the years we had at, at Manny's uh, Deli. Yep. And yeah, get there at nine thirty in the morning and have breakfast, and the next thing you know, at noon you're having the giant Reuben that's big. You gotta eat roast beef or or, or corned beef for before you can even fold up into a sandwich. That's the only kind of Reuben I want. Like you got to chew down on all oh, the meat before yeah. you can even start eating it. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of ruined That's on Reubens since I've had. Yeah. Like I'm ruined on ribs, you know, since like the Corkies <laughs> and right. yeah. I've been ruined by by traveling and going to so many places with good food. I'm just ruined on so like Chicago ruined me for pizza. Definitely. You know, Memphis ruined me for ribs. Those are my favorite style. You know. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I I can't eat Cajun food unless it's in New Orleans. I it, 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 there's so much inauthentic Cajun food, it's terrible. Oh, certainly. Um, that's probably true for every you know cuisine. There's, yeah. We we uh, my my wife could eat Chinese food every single day, but I'm sure it's pales in comparison to if we ever actually made it over to Asia and, and taste. I was like, oh, oh this sure. is what it's supposed to taste like. And oh. I guarantee you, it's not like that there, probably. Right, right. right. Like, when you probably. eat authentic Mexican food, way different than what we consume here and think of as authentic Mexican food. Way different. Nothing like Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't consider... That's like saying Olive Garden's authentic Italian. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, uh, the Olive Garden is like the McDonald's of Italian food. Right. Uh, Chipotle, is, is that authentic Mexican? No. Uh, no, that literally is the McDonald's of Mexican <laughs> food because yes. McDonald's owns them. Yes. And you can tell they own them because of the quality of food and because of the price. Yeah, I don't recently. consider like Qdoba or Chipotle, <laughs> you know, no. no. No, Taco John's, Taco Bell. Uh, we had a place that lived out in Montana called Taco Time. <laughs> Taco Time. <laughs> Taco Time. Yeah, not Pink Hey, Taco. everybody. What time is it? It's Taco Time. Taco Time. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Pink Taco. We're not going to get into that. No, we've told that story. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good show. Hey, you know what? Three weeks in a row. Maybe four, three. We got them all in without stress. And for us, without stress means like sixty seconds to go in the show, but that's a lot because usually it's like ten seconds. Yeah, and today I think you started that last pick when you kicked that spread over to me for KC. There was about three minutes left to go. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So, uh, and really, I watched the clock. I got a clock right on the computer. (laughs) I'm always watching. We we had to I had to concentrate it. Um, I went on that spiel about the teams that have played in London and came back, uh, so that took a chunk of time. So I, I did speed things up uh, in those early games because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, I liked how you went on that whole thing about that stat to just agree with me. <laughs> well, I didn't want to just throw the number out there and then not explain it. I, I wanted to actually hey, here's the picks, here's or here's the right. games rather, and and here's the scores and. This is how it broke down against the spread, and as it turned out, it was pretty much even. So there you go. Well, and what but works I did out to... nice uh, and a little bit easier for me now is instead of 
me throwing all my picks and my best of the week and and all of that in my phone, I actually have all got it up on my computer now, so it's all in Excel. So I actually just made it so that it's all right there, and then I've got all the picks below it. So instead of that, we're be going through my phone, and then you no, know, I've just got it all up on my. Because I've got a dual monitor thing going here, so I've got like my stats and my matchups on one screen, and then on the other screen, I've got all my picks and the. So it actually is like master control right here. Oh, okay. Now I'm I'm still old school. I, I got my pen and paper here, so I'm still doing it that way. It's, it's just easier have, for me. No, I get it. Preachers of habit. Yep. If, if, if I type something up, if I type, I think I tried it maybe once or twice. I was trying to type the notes up before I, I started the show. And then what I wound up doing is because all the notes, you know, all that print looks the same. So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, what point did I want to make or what game? And it all just looks like letters, like during the stress of a show when, when it's live. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to, it all just looks like black letters and it all looks exactly the same. I don't know what I'm looking at. I I just turned blind after a while. So that's why I need to, I need to just write it on the, on the paper. Some things are in bold. Some things I write in cursive. (laughs) Some things I've circled, you know, it it helps me to kind of sort things through a lot better than on, on a computer screen. I find it easier to type in my thoughts versus trying to thumb them in in notes, which is sure. the way I usually do it, you know. So, and today I got home from work a little earlier. It was it was quiet. And it was my you know it was my my turn to go home early today. So I got home early, and I so I actually had, and this is the first this is a first for a while where I actually had all of this done way before the show even started, even my picks. <laughs> Uh, coincidentally, I also had everything done uh, much earlier than normal because I took the day off. I called in, uh, but I wasn't proud or happy to call in. I called in because I was so damn tired from yesterday. We have very few days where we have to stay very late, but they put on so much work. They put on so much work yesterday. I, we, I got off work at 5.30 after starting at 7, so that's 10, 10 and a half a hours day. of straight keen. Yeah. Yeah. So very tired in the morning. Some, some carpal tunnel that way. Oh, you remember I was talking about my arthritic finger last week? Yeah. Uh, it turned out it was just broken. Oh, that's that's so different. I'm thinking I must have like broken it in my sleep or something because it it ended up bruising up like a broken finger. So it feels like a broken finger now versus just a, an arthritic thing. So I'm going with. Uh, I've broken enough fingers to know um, what it feels like, Ooh. but yeah, this has definitely got um, like a, that top knuckle on my middle finger. Maybe I was flipping someone the bird in my dream or something, <laughs> or I'm thinking I probably just banged it on the wall or, you know, went down between the bed and the wall or something, and I just hit something. And... You, you sleep that wild? Uh, I don't know. I'm asleep. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's pretty, I, I mean, it's a wild sleeper. I was, uh, I've, well, I sleep right, um, you know, we, we don't have a headboard. We sleep right up against the wall with the windows right there. So there's a window still there. It would be really easy to kind of like move up and knock into something, you know, okay. or, uh, you know, I keep the, sometimes I got the arm hanging off the bed and there's stuff there. I'll say, I move it. Maybe it hits the nightstand or something, but. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious, just because you know I've been uh, 
such a wild sleeper my whole life. I, I woke up like swinging at people uh, that I've been dreaming oh, about, like trying to fight. Um, but thankfully, I've never hit my hand against something where I thought I broke it. So that, that's a good thing. But I tell you, um, ever since I, you know, took the test, of, you know, for sleep apnea and got the CPAP machine, um, yeah. I, I still sleep kind of wild, but not nearly as wild as I used to. So that's uh, definitely recommended. I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before, but if you think there's a an, uh, any chance at all that you have sleep apnea, get tested, get that overnight test done and observation and figure that out because it's so much better to get that, that oxygen flow uh, while you're sleeping and, and that just helps everything out. Better, There's nothing better than quality sleep. I, I, I can... I know you as a parent know this, (laughs) that there's nothing better than getting good sleep. I concur. After this show, that's where, uh, that's what I'll be doing. (laughs) These football parties are are marathons now. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I was talking about how tired I was this morning. I'd, I'd left the house intending to go to work after all that work yesterday, and I was so tired, I'd tried to go to a, a restaurant to get some food. It wasn't open yet. And three different times, not once, not twice, but three times I drove past the entrance ramp that, uh, to go to work because I was so tired and didn't, I just kept going past. I was like, where is it? Where am I? So, and, I, and the third time I was like, you know what? This is a sign. I don't need to be going to work. I just pulled in the parking lot and called in like, I'm, I'm sick. Just so that that's just, I've never been that tired where I don't, I felt like I was driving and didn't know where I was going, and I'm right there. I'm, I'm in my neighborhood. I'm, you know, I'm not anywhere that I don't know where I am. I, I'm, it was a different right. entrance ramp, but it was just one, you know, one stop away. But I, I could not figure out where to get on. So I, I, hell with yeah. it. So I've had that happen yeah. a few times on my drive to work because it's the same drive every day, and you just kind of you zone or you're listening to yeah, something on the radio. Or, you know. Yeah. Get rid of, I'll be like really into a podcast or an audio book, and I'm like, oh, oh wait, and where mm-hmm. am I? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it it funny. The same thing, that, uh, same as you, that I got to work on this and, and take care of it a lot earlier than normal. Usually, eight eight thirty, I'm still working on my last picks, and today I was doing everything by seven, and I was like, ooh, I, I can actually, yeah, I actually relax. Had, I actually had extra time. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I agree. So hopefully this translates to good picks for us tomorrow. I, we've been agreeing so much. Yeah, five again, uh, not counting Thursday. Right, and a lot mm-hmm. of the and a lot of the same like thoughts on these mm-hmm. games too. So we'll see. We'll see. It, it could just be that we're seeing things, you know, maybe the right way because we've we've turned it around here uh, these last couple of weeks in the records. Last week, I, we, we did very well, but I'm, I'm, I was looking at it. I was seeing how many were favorites, how many were underdogs. It, it wasn't all favorites just coming through, but it was a lot more than had been. It, the underdogs have been killing it the first few weeks of the year, just murdering. Um, so last week, it was mo- much more of the favorites coming through, and I hope that starts the trend just for no other reason than I want to actually – know what's coming and be able to predict better what's happening. And when it's all underdogs, that's just, no one can predict that. That's just basically throw all the picks up in a, in a bag and, and right. pull them out. And this week I'm on what? One, two, three, four. I'm on five dogs here yet out of what? 15 games. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of favorites. Yeah. 
And it's funny because where I am on the dogs, uh, I've got a lot of these dogs straight up, um, except for the Giants. I think the Giants I'm just looking at as just a pure, you know, get under the number just because they're just going to play keep away and embarrass the Packers on the ground. Um, But, yeah, I think the Jets are going to win. I think the Lions can win. Cowboys and Bengals, I think, can win too. Yeah, I'm I'm only on six dogs, so that's that's okay. not not too You're many on the Bears. more than you. I'm on the Bears. Um, I'm also on the uh, uh, on the Texans. The Jags, come on, seven and a half, eight points. The the Jaguar. I, I'm a I'm a Jaguars hater and non-believer until they like put like a whole. <laughs> A whole half a season together or something like. Come on, I'm not going to believe well, a few games here or there. Yeah, I mean, you should know. Houston beat that, whooped them both games. Actually, Houston is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Houston's won eight in a row against the Jags. Huh. Last time well, the Jags beat Houston was December of 2017. Ooh, they beat them 45 to seven. That's uh, still That's a long, long time ago. Yeah. But Houston, that, that, Houston used to be, you know, really good. And then before that, yeah. then the Jags were really good. Yeah, Houston used to be decent. Uh, yeah, it's I can remember some, been some a while. pretty good Houston teams. You know, the Deshaun Watson teams. J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt in his prime before he got his heart shocked. <laughs> what, what are we doing? What are we doing as a, as a league? I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned it because I had forgotten about that story. I had it on my mind to put it in with something, and I forgot about it. And then you were there, and you had you had my back. I had your back. We we still wind up the same on a lot of uh, breakdowns, even though we took different angles. We kept yeah. uh, calling something. What do we do? We stupid, do, we, or we we had the best <laughs> in the surprise flip flopped. Right, we we both had the same game as the best in the surprise, uh, but we just had it uh, the other way for for both of them. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, one of us will miss something and the other will pick it up and then we'll tag team on something else and, and call it something completely different, but we'll both have the same uh, opinions about the, about the particular game. Yeah. So either way, we'll, yeah. we'll get, we got your back. We got you covered no matter what for, for the recaps and then for, for your picks uh, for the whole football party. We always got you covered here on in much less detail. That sounds like a, a great segue out of the show. Nice promo to, to wrap everything up. Yes. Uh, so next week, uh, I'll host. In, uh, should be a normal week. I'm at a funeral on that Saturday, probably, but I should be back and home and good to go by showtime. Okay. Um, I'm thinking that I'm going to try out the microphone at my wife's uncle's house one more time while you're hosting, and if it's just where you don't think it's sounding good, then I'll switch to the phone, which might sound worse, but that, that's the two options that we got to, to go with uh, at my wife's uncle's house. Yeah, because the first time you were there, that was rough. Yeah, I listened back to it. it, it there was definitely some chunkiness and some chopping up. Um, I'm, I'm just afraid that it might be worse on the phone because sometimes the phone is just it, – it's a phone, so – well, I'll be in. I'll be in next week as the host. I remember now how to get back in to, and make sure that I'm in as the host, and then muted, and then dial in through the invite line works the best for me. 
Okay. So then I still have the board, but I'm still technically in as the host, and then I'll let you into the show. All right. Sounds good. So. Um, and then the week after that, uh, we know is. Uh, that's I don't a Friday know if you show. Not on the show, but that's going to be a Friday show because you're I am out be of town. that Saturday. Most likely, I am out of town that weekend. So far, that's the plan. Um, we were holding off on making like final plans because we knew that that one of my wife's uh, family members was going to die. We just didn't know when, so we kind of held that weekend in reserve um, in case that was the weekend that we were going to have to go to a funeral. But now it looks like it's probably going to be next Saturday because her uncle died yesterday. Okay. And uh, our condolences for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, 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 very sad around here uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, this is never easy. Well, you know, and you got, you know, it's it's hard having kids who are now at that age to understand. Sure. You know, or old enough to remember, you know, the people mm-hmm. who are starting to, you know, leave their life now uh, versus like when they're two. They don't know. Right. Right. Or, you know, at the time, like when they're four or five and well, so-and-so died and they're sad for, you know, they cry for a couple, you know, a little bit. Somebody they barely even know, but they're still sad because mm-hmm. they're kids and they're very empathetic. But you ask them about that person now and they have no living memory of that person. Other than maybe, oh, they saw them in a picture, you know, they have that memory. But now, you know, being eight, being 10, you know, I think back to when I was that age, you know, my grandpa, you know, people, you know, you know now they're going to at that age where they're old enough to actually have the ongoing memory of that person. So it kind of hit them a little extra hard. Yeah, I understand. So. Uh, you don't have to tell me being, uh, you know, 10 yeah. when my mother passed away. So I certainly oh, I understand you. that. So. All right. Well, we'll end on a high note. <laughs> right. On, on those good feelings. Um, everybody uh, hug your loved ones and tell them you love them because you never know. I guess that's the only way to, to end that. Uh, so that's what we're looking at next week for week six, uh, our picks. And we'll recap week five. And Jay will tell us all about his thoughts of the Thursday night week five starter between the Colts and the Broncos because he's got (laughs) he's got thoughts and he's saving them and he's going to let them fester and build up one more week so you got that to look forward to uh, to kick off next week's show Uh, so Saturday 10 p.m. Eastern 9 p.m. Central week six picks after our week five preview the big football party rolls on Everybody enjoy your football tomorrow, uh, including yet another early morning wake-up call for another London game. He's Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and come back and join us once again next weekend, NFL Week 6 Picks. We'll talk to you then.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.